Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Streaming live on the Foundation Podcast YouTube channel, here's Nick and Matt. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You have all made it to week 52. Matt, if we are doing this in consecutive weeks, we've officially hit the one-year mark of the Nick and Matt show, but obviously it's been a little bit longer since we've taken some vacation time here and there. Nick, I cannot believe we've made it to episode 52. Like, it's mind-blowing to me. I can't believe it. I, it's funny. I was actually, I was looking on uh, YouTube today and I saw Terry Miller's the disc golf guy and you know, smash boxes and they're on episode like 300 something. So that kind of blew me away. And then we're on episode 52. So yeah. I'm, I'm pretty blown away by that as well. Terry Miller, the disc golf guy. And I know he's, you know, one of the OGs for doing anything. I've seen him at Maple Hill. I don't know, 10 years ago. Maybe that's too far now, but no, maybe farther than that with this little flip camera. Maybe. So yeah, they've been doing it a yeah. while. They've been doing it a while. So, Nick, um, how, how are you doing? I think I saw you won an event this past weekend. I'm going to let you, you know, brag about that a little bit. So how'd that go? I did win an event this weekend. I went and played a tournament about an hour and 45 minutes from where I live at the moment. And uh, it was a tournament. It was actually um, a lot of it was a charity to Alzheimer's. It was called Anheuser's for Alzheimer's. And it was just a local C tier out in Dublin, Virginia, and I was able to walk away with a win by one. And the course was kind of, it was an easy course for the most part. A lot of people would shoot pretty well there and a lot of people did shoot well. Um, so one of the reasons that I was like, I was a little bit bummed in a sense, cause I'm at the rating nine, 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 and I really want to hit a thousand, especially if they ever take away ratings. I want to say that I got to that thousand rated mark. So unfortunately for that event, I actually did average a little bit below my rating. But at the same time, I walked away with a win. And to me, that actually, that's a better feeling that like than ratings. Cause I, <laughs> don't me lie. Personally, like don't I, lie. I think wins matter. I, it's funny. <laughs> I, I was saying this to a lot of people there. I was like, look, if I was 990 rated or 985 rated, I was like, I wouldn't care, but I'm literally one point yeah. away from the four digits. And I, at that point, you know, I'll kind of say what Brody did. I don't care about ratings after that, but I do want to hit that thousand rated mark and you know, that it's just kind of something in the disc golf world that we've held to a high standard as thousand rated players. And I do want to join that club. I want to join the four digit club, but I will say though, I will say the day that comes where Nick Carl is averaging like thousand forty plus rated rounds. Then I know he's much better than he was today. So like it is, <laughs> it's still historical. Yeah. It's not predictive. Mm-hmm. Anyways, cool stuff, yeah. Nick. You're so close. Yep. And I had a PDGA yeah. update as well. My highest rated ever, and I am going to brag as the am that I am, <laughs> the am that I am, um, yeah. 9.59. I'm one point away from that 9.60, and I'm like, come on, baby. So yep. uh, you you know that I've, you know, I putt better than I throw, but lately my throwing has been increasing, which is where my rating is coming together. So we'll get there with time. We'll get there with time. You're going to, I think you'll, what do you think? The next update, you getting that thousand or no? That's what I'm hoping. So I have one more tournament that I'm actually playing. Um, I originally actually was going to come up to Massachusetts to play the uh, B tier that's happening in a couple of weeks, but I don't think I'm going to be able to make that. Um, but I am playing a tournament, one of the Blue Ridge Tour events down here in Virginia. And so this week I'm actually focusing a lot on my putting and going out and practicing the courses so that I can try to average over a thousand at that event. Cause I think if I average over a thousand, um, I have some rounds from last year that are only like 960, 970, and 980 rated. 
So if those drop off with these two tournaments, it should put me over that thousand rated mark. And I literally, I don't care if I'm thousand, thousand, one, thousand, two. I literally just want to get to a thousand and say that I've done it. <laughs> that's, that's like, that's all I want to get to. And it's, it's kind of annoying because I, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that nine, nine, nine and then Forever. drop yeah. and have that like nine ninety nine curse. And then I also wanted to look at it. If I get to a thousand, this next update, then my two big tournaments happening in September, I'll be one of the people that are thousand rated in it. So well, uh, GMC and MVP, I'd like to say, I want to go back to Massachusetts and tell my mom that I'm thousand rated. That's, you know, not going to lie. <laughs> and she looks She'll at have you. have no idea what I'm talking about. She, but she I, looks at you, pats you on the head and said, Nick, you've always been a thousand rated to me. Exactly. I'm a <laughs> thousand rated son. Uh, <laughs> sure. She doesn't know what it means. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about um, some news from the week, including probably the most interesting topic of the whole week. The incredible mosquitoes in Michigan. Apparently, I've—I mean, I've seen some crazy yeah. pictures. I've seen some crazy videos. Um, it seems like a war zone with the mosquitoes out there. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible we might be able to get the TD from that event on just to talk a little bit about mm -hmm. the event, um, including the mosquitoes. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the UDISC rankings. Just a little bit. Uh, what I mean is, when I look at the UDISC rankings. I almost immediately shake my head in disagreement. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but not a lot because next week we've actually lined up UDISC, including the owner, one of the original founding owners, Matt Kruger, and mm -hmm. they have a data scientist. Uh, his, his name is, and they have to, they had to pronounce it out for me because it's written like D-O-E-K-E or something. It's, I think it's Duca. His, he's a data scientist for UDISC, and we're going to pick their brain and kind of maybe push a little bit and say, well, this doesn't seem right, or maybe this could be better, and we'll just get their in insight on where they're heading with yeah. that. We're going to talk. I'll, I'll yeah, let go you ahead. take the lead on that episode because I'm not much of a stat guy, and I know you're, you're stat Graham, so I'll let, you take, <laughs> yeah, I'll let you take the lead on that one. Stat Graham, you're not wrong. That's an old, that's an old nickname that I've had. Um, what was I going to say in relation to that? Oh, I was listening to Griplock. Yes, I listened to the other podcast on the uh, Foundation Disc Golf uh, Podcast Network here. Uh, Griplocked. And at some point, they were all shouting, and they all said something like, they should go on the Nick and Matt show. They should go. <laughs> and they were talking about UDISC. Yeah. So we lined them yeah, yeah. up. Um, cool. The D-Glow predictions, that's coming up. And as you see in the title of this show, here on YouTube and in your podcast platforms, um, was the Celebrity Pro-Am event a success? So we're going to talk about that. Um, but before we get into that, we are going to have a special moment here with sponsors for our show tonight. Support for the Nick and Matt Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions Champions, Nick. Champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer. I love the names, Nick. The Lawnmower 4.0. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. You heard that right. The 4.0. We're, we're some of the first to have it, Nick, and experience this. Join mm -hmm. over two, 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. You can see it scrolling on the screen if you're watching and if you're listening. 
20% off free worldwide shipping with the code. It's, it's really hard. Nick and Matt. Spell it out. Nick and Matt. Um, at manscaped.com. Nick, what do you think about it? I love it. It's Obviously, it's wireless. It's waterproof. It's got a quick charging system. And it comes with multiple different heads on it to where you can have that perfect length that you like. I agree. Very cool. As I said, the flashlight, all that stuff. It's an incredible tool. Maybe we got to come up with some something to try it out with for the show. Maybe I'll shave the beard off or like my whole head. Maybe. But but I haven't agreed yet with what that will be. Yep. Maybe we'll let the chat come up with that. <laughs> But we want yeah, to thank Manscaped we'll and to the disc golf world at large. Go out there. Please use this. They support disc golf through this podcast, manscaped.com, Nick and Matt. And I will say this for the women out there. Get this for the man in your life. He will thank you. He really will. He'll say this is very cool. Thank you very much. All right. Let's close it out. All right, Nick, Manscaped, they've come back. They said they would like to share more on our show. So there you go. Very cool. I'm super excited about it. We've talked about for a long time now, outside sponsors getting involved in disc golf. And honestly, with this podcast and our podcast platform, the foundation, it is a way for them to get involved in the disc golf community. I'm excited for it. And it's funny enough when we actually did first, when we did our first ad read for them, a bunch of people were talking about it with me at a couple of our weekly leagues in person. So there you go. It, it's funny. It's the oh, power of advertising. And that should be a whole topic. Exactly. Honestly, in the disc golf world, there's not that many sponsors from outside the sport. What is it going to take? And I'm, I'm honestly excited. Manscaped, it, you know, it's, it's a totally cool brand. You've seen it on Super Bowl ads, I think with Rob Gronkowski even. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're outside of the disc golf world and they've looked in and said, cool, you guys offer us a great platform. So it's interesting getting in sponsors. We're still working. If you would like to advertise, check us out. Hit us up. Mm-hmm. We've got other ads coming um, here in the future, which might not excite some of you. We're going to try to, we're going to try to make it exciting. <laughs> I'll say that exactly. much. Exactly. We'll spread them out perfectly. Yeah, yeah, we'll spread them out. Um, all right, so we're getting to this point in the show where we've got tonight, before we get into the topic of was the Celebrity Pro-Am a success, we are going to be bringing in a man by the name of Dion Arlen. Now, if you, if you follow UDISC really closely, you may find him in your UDISC listings. Not every event, but a lot of them. And Nick, did you get to play with this this guy, Dion Arlen, at the Worlds? I I did. My final round of the World Championships, I got to play with one of the Stat Mando guys, Dion Arlen. And what's really funny about that is actually when I first started getting into disc golf, uh, one of the first videos that I ever saw about how to improve your backhand, especially when it comes to distance, is the distance with Dion that uh, he did with Discraft back in the day. Um, he did it at the toboggan course, and it was just really showing you how to get some explosiveness out of your power. And it's definitely, it's probably one of the most viewed, if not the most viewed video about distance. Um, so it's pretty awesome, but it, it was cool to play with him in person that final round at Worlds. Uh, he's also a Team Discraft member. So it was just all around a great time. I agree. And we're actually going to be bringing them in. One, to introduce you to them, because we always talk about 
Our stats are provided by Statmando, and it's awesome. But let's put a face to the name and a voice to the stats, <laughs> and let's bring him in now. Statmando's own Dion Arlen. How you doing, Dion? Hey, hey, hey Nick, Matt. So thanks so much for having me. Doing great. Awesome. So. Tell us right now where you're located because I'm on the East Coast and I think we are, we're usually separated by about three hours. So where are you located? That's that's correct. I'm in Shelton, Washington, which is, which is uh, uh, on the on west, west side of the Puget, of the Puget Sound. Sound. So, on, so the on the other side, side of the water, of the water from, from Tacoma. Tacoma. Okay, one of these directions. I'm not, I'm not sure. sure. Um, all right. So <laughs> <laughs> I just made Nick laugh. For our audio listeners, I just like pointed both sides. Yeah. Anyways, um, so Dion. Tell us a little bit about Statmando's origination because I know it maybe as of a couple months ago or maybe a little bit further back than that, but not much further. But we've started seeing it even in the Disc Golf Pro Tour's live broadcast. They'll say, hey, this is credit a stat credited to Statmando. Um, so tell us about origination and um, where you'd like to go with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, so, we, yeah are we are pretty new. We're a new group, new group uh, within, within the sport. sport. You, know, myself, <laughs> you know, myself, I've, I've been a part of this call for a long time. time but um, in this sort of passion project and endeavor that we're looking to expand, uh, I'd sent out a tweet, I believe, in January. Uh, and I'd posted some information about, I believe it was a prompt from Brody Smith on recasting the payout and the role of payout within our sport. So I took the 2020 Disc Golf Pro Tour events that had happened and applied a different form of payout calculator against it. And then, you know, on Twitter, shared that, just posted it out there. Had a few guys um, chime in and, and offer their insight and some responses. And I decided to reach out to those guys. I said, hey, let's all hop on a Zoom and uh, just talk about disc golf, uh, talk about stats. Um, you know, what are your guys' backgrounds? And had kind of a fun little meeting. And we conceptualized a stats platform for disc golf. And we all are, of course, very passionate about the sport, very passionate about data, very passionate about providing some form of reference and historical significance to the things that occur within our sport, because that's a, a fairly open gap right now within our game. Yeah, you're not wrong. Stats are going to help make this, I believe, a much more legitimate sport and so the reality is payouts were important but stats are going to make it more interesting so mm -hmm. any projects that you guys have already put out there i know you have statmando.com if you want to hit on any of those projects real quick that you guys have done and maybe are going to do absolutely yeah so from that kind of initial conversation we'd put together an actual website statmando.com uh the value proposition of our product so to speak is taking the PDGA results database and making it more engaging and more accessible. So I've always, uh, you know, wondered for a long time, what if, and then insert the blank on a large number of questions. So mm -hmm. what if uh, I could look at me versus any other player and look at all the events we've competed against each other and then maybe who's winning in those events. And so that was in fact, the first module that we put on our site, we call it head to head. You pick two players out of the drop down. We have about 40 or so MPO players and about 30 or so FPO players. And you can select the two and then it will provide to you the output of those uh, head to head matchups and hopefully a fun and engaging way. Gotcha, I'm actually looking at the head to head thing right now and i looked up two different players i looked up yourself versus paul Macbeth. do you have any idea do you have any idea what your stats are on it 
Yeah, I've run all my comparisons, <laughs> and uh, I'd have to. I don't think so. That there are some limitations that are probably worth calling out uh, within our platform right now, which is the quality of the data that we pulled from the PDJ results database is um, pretty good and pretty usable back to about 2010. So for the most part, we have everything back till 2010, and we've actually started working on grabbing A tiers all the way back to 1990. So for Paul and I. I think since 2010, it's probably like eight and zero or nine and one in favor of uh, of Paul. It's actually <laughs> so I have you listed first. So it's actually two against twelve in favor of Paul. Paul being the twelve, and so your two better finishes over Paul are at the 2011 Gentlemen's Club, where you placed ninth, and Paul had placed thirteenth. Wow! And then at the Alab at the Alabama Disc Golf Championships in May of that year. You placed fifth, and Paul placed ninth. So, yeah, so yeah. 2011, I think that was that was the year I really committed to touring full time, and and probably my last big year mm -hmm. uh, within the sport. So yes, it, once we incorporate some of those older uh, than 2010 stats, you may may see me going against a younger Paul, where I may have had even more success. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, nice. That's okay. Very we don't cool. we don't need to classify the reason. No, I'm kidding. That's what you guys <laughs> yeah. do at Statmando. You find really interesting things and maybe speculate on the why. Um, mm -hmm. So did you shout out the names? I might have missed it. The names of your team members or do you not do that? Is that a secret if we're just Statmando? Oh, yeah, it's not. It's no secret, but there are only three of us. So uh, Hans Anderson and Evan Kern are the other members of the team. Uh, Hans out of the Dallas area and uh, Evans actually in your guys's neck of the woods there in Massachusetts. So um, yeah, they're both developers. Uh, I have a, a less technical background. I do work in IT and, and understand sort of the development process and, and work as like a business analyst in my field. But um, they are the dudes who actually wrote the code and built the site and put it all together. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I, w I will say it's pretty cool, and it's only the beginning. That's the other part of it. Um, so really, we've been talking about you for months, and we totally appreciate this partnership that we've worked out with you. Um, it provides us with interesting stats, some of the some of the generic stats as well, but it provides us the interesting stats that we're able to provide to our listeners. So listeners, if you enjoy the stats that we provide, say thank you here to one of the team members, Dion. And we're actually going to turn it over to Statmando as often as they'd like to come on the show. We'd like to make this reoccurring on somewhat of a regular basis. We're going to turn it over to Statmando. And so without further ado, the expert Statmando, we're bringing you on. What do you have for us tonight? All right. Yeah, we prepared a little fun thing for you guys. Uh, and uh, Nick, you even already touched on it, which is at one point we'll run a uh, I've got a featured head to head comparison for you guys to debate Ooh. and then we can reveal the the answers and and probably the most exciting thing that we have found is as you start to look at the data itself and again our platform is designed to make that data really accessible so there will be uh, plenty of more modules to come on our website that make sorting someone's career performances uh, looking at kind of trends within the game and within the sport very easy to do and that sort of is the tip of the iceberg so you have a thought you might be able to go research that stat on our platform, but then it really triggers all the fun and exciting nuanced conversations about our sport because uh, we're all disc golf nerds, whether we like <laughs> it or not. And uh, this would hopefully be a powerful outlet for everybody. So mm -hmm. historical stat today. Okay. This is 
this is in response to a very recent round performance by none other than Owen Scoggins. Uh, did you guys talk about this on your show? Did you did you note her amazing performance, her 1050 rated round about two weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, we briefly mentioned that the tournament that she was at. It was it was a did it end up being 1050 or 1053 or somewhere around there? I forget the exact number of it now, but we did briefly mention it. Yep, I think I've got it at 1050, but uh, that nice. is something that does occur within the PDJ uh, results, which is it may be unofficial for an initial it, moment exactly. of time and then official. Yep. We'll go with we'll go with 1050 tonight. So this is sort of where Statmando hopes to uh, add some uh, value to our sport, which is, do we know just how historically significant that performance was, right? So of course it was a phenomenal round, but what are the things that can quantifiably be said about that round? Uh, all right, so here's the quiz. I'm going to set up some statement and responses for you both now. Okay, <laughs> so. Own Scoggins 1050 round was the fifth highest rated round within the database that we have. It was historically significant for what reason? See if you guys can guess the reason right out of the gate. Okay, real quick. What you said, this is the fifth highest. Is this fifth highest from a female player? Is that what you're saying? Okay. From an FPO player since 2010. Okay. Yes. And you're saying what is one of the most significant parts of that that stands out? There was a reason in particular that I wanted to feature this stat. And if you guys don't get it right away, that's okay. I'll fill you in. And then we'll talk about maybe some other times that has happened historically. Yeah. I was going to say, it's probably, I don't know if this is the answer, but it's probably the highest rated round for a female this year so far. <laughs> yeah, it should be top fit, top five. Yeah. Um, is that's the, correct. It, oh, okay. Oh, that's correct. But that's not what you were looking that is for. A, that is a true statement, but that yep. was not the most historically significant, okay. item, in my opinion. Okay. Um, historically significant. I don't know if we're taking age into play here. Is she the oldest to ever shoot that high of a rated round? Would we know that? Is there a way to know we that? Would be, we would be able to determine that, and uh, that would be something that you could look forward to finding out as we expand our player profile okay. database. And, and launch that uh, module where you could sort by age and look at round mm -hmm. ratings and, and historical significance. I'll give you a clue. Uh, the FPO and MPO played the same layout for that particular round. What do you think the Ooh. historical stat may be? Did she beat everyone out in MPO for that round? She did indeed. That was the hot wow. round for the day across the entire tournament. Wow. That's insane, actually. <laughs> um, That's awesome. There's so many talking points out of that, but I just want to focus on, yeah, the moment of that she beat out MPO in that round specifically. Um, same layout. That is incredible. That That's a good stat. And, and so are you saying at, it's at that event where this has happened, do we know if an FPO player has ever done that before? That would be interesting. Sure. Yeah, so let's open it up. So a couple of qualifiers as a stat guy, I feel obligated to, to add in the qualifiers here, which is we are limited as a platform to the quality of the data that's provided. So mm -hmm. on the surface level, those rounds, the FPO and the MPO rounds appeared to be on the same layout and at least were rated against each other mm -hmm. in the same way. So who knows, you know, if there was maybe a different T-pad or a different, you know, set of rules or something that maybe didn't show up within the PDJ results, it's supposed to, as a TD, you're supposed to indicate if the layouts are different or similar. Yep. Uh, so we're going to take it at face value, but uh, you're, you're absolutely correct, Matt. 
So how many times do you think this has occurred? And we're going back through 2010 where an FPO player has had the hot round of the event. First of all, <laughs> my mind is not blown totally, but did you guys have to comb through every event or did you guys like, how did this come to be? Yeah. So this, this is the advantage of having a database that you have, uh, you've designed wow. to make it easy to yeah. do this. And then we have the SQL access, of course. So, uh, I believe Evan wrote the SQL query on this to kind of manifest the data set that we could then kind of narrow down on. We did add a few qualifiers to make it a little bit easier. So for example, we excluded rounds that were under a thousand uh, rated in our search. So mm -hmm. there is sort of an oddball case where this has happened in the past, but we looked at the event and we said, that's an, that's an interesting thing to see. And I'll talk about it in a minute, but it, we didn't want to, to count it within this set of circumstances that we're mm -hmm. okay discussing. i'll try not to get sidetracked more i as nick said earlier my nickname believe it or not Matt, was yeah. stat graham for quite a few years so um has this ever happened before is what your question was right yes okay nick what do you think i'm gonna say it's happened one other time when Ooh. i have no idea but i'm gonna go with oh Oh, Nick, it looked like you were researching. It looked like you had something ready no, to go well, there. No, I, well, I was researching, actually. I was looking at that tournament that Owen was in, and she actually she would have won it in Pro Masters, uh, which I thought was kind of cool, and she would have gotten tied for fourth place in MPO. So those are just two things that I was looking at really quick. Yes, did you amazing say, performance. Did, yeah. did you say the quality of the event? I guess quality, I mean the, the, the tier, because I'm thinking to myself, if Paige Pierce showed up to like a local C tier, like she probably does play hotter rounds than MPO at sometimes. Um, are we talking any tier at all? Yeah, we didn't, we didn't uh, select on tier, but we did select on um, rating. So the, the minimum threshold would be a thousand rated. Thousand and above. Yeah. A thousand above. And I, and I think that situation you just described to Matt has not happened. Okay. It hasn't been like a, a, a small event. The, the ones that we found were actually pretty large events. Okay. Gotcha. Um, in the history of two, since 2010, um, I'm going to say it's happened three other times. So plus her would be the fourth in my head. Very close. Very close. So it has happened four times. What? Own being the fifth. Oh, own being the fifth. I thought I nailed it. You almost nailed it. And then, then that, the fifth time is sort of the uh, that edge case that I described. So you could even say within that thousand rated metric, uh, it is in fact the fourth time. So uh, I think you might have just nailed it, Matt. <laughs> well, I guess that's it, everybody. I'll see. You're a winner. You're a winner, Matt. I'll see you later. Now, Nick, you're you're the guy. I'm I'm gone. Yeah, Adios. It's the next show. The, now. Here's my outro music. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, that's pretty cool. All right. So. Um, that was a very cool stat, like incredible. And well, it, and it's I'm, in a week I'm where curious, it's kind guys, of an off week. On that, who, who did it? Cause obviously yeah, you so, know who's done it and where yes. they've done it. I, I want to hear everything now. Yep. We know who and uh, where and what they shot. So we'll do a little bonus round of trivia. The three other instances that's, that this has happened where the round is over a thousand rated all come from the same player. Any guesses on who that player might be? Katrina Allen. That's correct. Ooh! <laughs> oh, Nick! Right. Nick's smiling so big right now. It's because since last week, <laughs> since last week's judge that disc golfer, he destroys me. Now he comes out and nails these. Like, good job, Nick. Good job. I just had a, I just had a feeling that Katrina Allen was the one. 
yeah, she she has had some incredible performances, and uh, so that now we're getting into the real nitty gritty. Could could either of you name? Uh, there's a couple of ways you could slice it up. What event or events that she's done this at? Who she beat and what those rounds were rated? Those would be the other metrics I have. Any guesses at all? Otherwise, I could just rattle them off. I would say events. I have no idea. Um, but players, I bet you she's beaten Paul Euliberry before. And I'll just, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> that's, that's a great call out. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, any guesses or, or stabs on that one? Uh, I, I know. I'm just going to say no. I'm not prepared, I guess, to answer that one. <laughs> All right, so here's here's the other stats. In 2016, she shot a 47, which rated at a, as a 10.25 at the Cactus City Championships, which was a B tier in Arizona, tying Anthony Barella for the hot round and beating Yulaberry by, by six strokes. Wow. The other one is in also in 2016, she shot also a 47, which was rated a 10.13 at the Great Lakes Open. So Deglo coming up. And at that particular event, it was at a different course. Stony Green Long was the name of the layout. Mm. And she tied Paul Yulabari again and beat Reed Frescura by one. So just to be clear, because what we're talking about is she tied the MPO hot round. That's correct. Wow. And then in 2014, she has an outright hot round. So her and Owen are the only two who have ever outright had the hot round. And this was a 55, which rated as a 1016 at the Chat Down, Chat Town Showdown, B tier in Tennessee, where she beat James Cole by one and Schuster by four. Yeah. Wow. And I want to clarify again, because people, I'm watching the chat, I'm thinking through these things in my own head. We're not saying that the rating is what was higher than the MPO. We're saying they actually shot better, correct? So, if, so if the criteria for this stat was that both the round and the rating would be higher because they were on the same layout. So this is sort of an equivalent. Okay. You know, in what times has the FPO player just totally shredded and would, would be dominating the round? And these are the times. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So same layout. The stat with the, the rating was part of this just as a criteria, but that's obviously related to them shooting the same or a better round on the same layout. Yeah. Exactly. That's so that's 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 incredible. So that's a good stat. I, I really like that stat. You guys worked hard to find that one, and that's why we like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing where, as a platform, as we define, as we refine and develop, you know, these sort of queries where we can pull the information and, and produce it may take 15, 20 minutes worth of research the first time around, but then it's repeatable, right? So now we can start tracking it, publishing this information, and refreshing it over time. And so we only have to do the stats research once, refine it over time, but we'll have this entire library of interesting facts at our disposal. So that's pretty rad. That's awesome. Totally, totally. So um, what else do you guys got today? Yeah, I've got an interesting head-to-head -head matchup. We we went through our, our site, so those at home can do this uh, together with us at statmando.com in the head-to-head -head module on the MPO side. So I've got two players that I wanted to highlight, and I'm going to have you guys sort of debate and discuss their head-to-head uh, -head performance. Can we, players can, are, can we use this yeah. tool over at Statmando? Can we do it right now? We're just like, who can type faster? <laughs> yeah, you can. 
So th this this will be less uh, competition okay. quiz based and more. I'm curious about your guys' thoughts. Okay, and again, good. Sort of the, the reason this module exists is to find these interesting matchups and mm -hmm. then talk about them. Of course, that's what that's what we want to do. That's <laughs> exactly. All right, yeah. give it to us. So the two players are James Conrad and Chris Dickerson. Okay. And so if you plug them in and you say for all of the events that they've competed against each other, which interestingly uh, starts at 2015 because Chris Dickerson's only been a PDGA member since 2013 and playing mm -hmm. Open since 2014, which sort of blew my mind. I know, uh, right? But if you look at these two players and look at their head-to-head, -head, you find that they've competed in 63 tournaments together all the way up until their 63rd matchup, which was Worlds. And Chris Dickerson is leading that matchup 40 wins to 22 wins on James's side. They've tied once. And then the, the fun thing about the module is it also breaks down their performance within those 63 events. So in the times where both James and Chris are in the field, James has won the tournament six times. Chris has won the tournament 10 times. You can kind of see their podium finishes and their top 10 percentage. And then all-time stroke matchup, James is at 12,281. Chris is at 12,058. So Chris has a better performance historically over James and a lower stroke count. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you want our reactions to that? I'm going to get your reaction, and then we're going to refine the matchup a little bit and have an, an additional moment of analysis. Oh, boy. Nick, are you getting really excited right now talking all these numbers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, mostly because mostly I, I, I really like it because a lot of these events, like majors and stuff like that, I've been to um, in the sense of like I've seen these players win at certain events and I've seen them lose at certain events. And so it's kind of cool to actually dig down into the stats and really get a feel for everything that's happened. Yeah, I agree. And so I am going to give you my reaction to that. And first of all, I would say that before you gave us the head-to-head, -head, you know, matchup, who you said James and Chris, my initial reaction was, all right, Chris Dickerson probably has the most wins out of that head-to-head. -head. Like, so I felt that way. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, how many, what was the win count there? Uh, 20 something or what was it for Chris? 40, yeah, so 40 for Chris, 22 for James. Okay. And those are wins you're saying when they were at the same event. So the, the overall record between the two players is how they fare specifically against each okay, other. Okay. That's the head to head. What was the win? The head -head. What was the win for Chris? It says how many times he won when they're at the event. Oh, that's right. 10 times. Okay. So when they're both at the field, 10, James is six. So another way to look at it is when James and Chris are both on the field, they have a 16 out of 63 chance, whatever that fraction would turn out to be. <laughs> one in four almost. Yep. One in four odds of winning the tournament. Yeah, well, that, that one to me is kind of interesting because yeah. Chris won 10. And honestly, yeah, it's, I guess James only won 60% of the time that, that Chris did, meaning six, 10 and six. I don't know. I, I would have to stare at these for a while and find the cool stuff, but that's what Stat Mando does. So let's break it down a little further. That's right. So if you take a look at their overall matchup, you know, you see kind of the historical trend of how they've played, how they've both developed. Kind of a fun shout out is at that event in 2015, uh, Dickerson was 999 rated. So Nick, he was in the same boat you were. <laughs> All right, let's go. There's hope and for he Nick won yet. That event. <laughs> okay. Nick, 
and James was 988 rated in that moment. Now, James has been playing for a long time. I was actually in Junior Worlds with him in, in 2005, so he's been playing for a long, long time. But yeah, yeah. Uh, So now if we say, okay, let's refine this. Let's only look at their majors. James and Chris head-to-head on the majors. How many majors do you think they've played together? Uh, 17. Not a bad guess. Ten times oh. they've been in the field <laughs> together in majors. And this is where you see it's a little bit more competitive. It's actually split five and five. Okay. And, of course, you've got James with the two major count, Chris with one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and to be clear, the reason I said 17, I guess I was thinking about how many majors has one of them played, and I was like, ah, they probably played 17, but that doesn't necessarily mean they've both played it. Um, yeah. But they've both, what was that five, five stat, split five? They've both beat each other that many times? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Okay, so they've played 10 together. They're equal as far as beating each other out. Interesting. All right. That's right, and they're... They're three, they've combined won three of the 10 majors they've both been in the field at, so their win percentage goes up a little bit there. Uh, and odds of either of them winning when they're both in the field are 30% compared to the 25% in any event. Mm-hmm. Oh, so when they're both there, they have a better chance. Exactly. <laughs> Is this when we start getting into, for, like, we can just, for like... the majors, yeah. Yeah, we can just send Dion a text when we start getting into disc golf betting and be like, listen... Give me the stats. That, <laughs> yeah, that is definitely something that's been uh, that's across our radar. And, you know, it requires some form of statistical analysis and certification to get those betting lines in Vegas. And I think that that would uh, stat Mando would be in a unique position to to offer that. Yep. Yep. I have I have heard rumblings and I think it's actually out there. If you peruse deep enough, there are sports betting sites that have disc golf. Pretty sure about that. So um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get bigger. It's going to get bigger, and stats are going to mean more. Um, good stats are going to mean more, and you're going to have the edge when you have the best stats. So you got anything else for us today, Dion? That's, uh, that's about as much as I'd prepared as okay. far as stat content. But, uh, you know, it's, it's the sort of thing we want folks to go enjoy. Uh, you can expect to see us providing stats to uh, other large events and other companies as we become larger. And if we can be a stats platform for the game and enhance the product over time, uh, you'll get to see some really cool things and some new metrics to help judge our sport. I'll give a quick shout out to the field strength metric. That's one we're trying to develop today, which would allow you to compare the quality of a win or the quality of an event against any other event, uh, particularly in the MPO division. So Mm -hmm. some stats there that are going to make analysis and performance and historical significance even more interesting. Very cool. I'm over here, and I know the listeners can't see this. The viewers right now live, obviously. I'm over here just smiling because (laughs) I don't have the time at all. And I'm not saying you guys sit around, twiddle your thumbs, and fill it with stats. But that stuff excites me because, like, I've thought through a lot of this, and you guys are taking it up and doing it. Like, strength of the field matters. And this goes back to Mm -hmm. and. Next week, we're actually having on UDISC. We're going to talk through their ranking system because to me, that's like a huge, huge influence in how you rank somebody is the strength of the field. And I I don't think you can have somebody else higher ranked, if you will, because they've placed higher at more events. You have to also do the strength of the field. And I am excited to see that 
uh, how you guys propose that and break that down. You'll have to do a little write up so we can check it out or something or come back on. You guys are welcome on any time, any week, and you can talk through some of this stuff. Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's exciting because we think that those quantifiable metrics are going to make being a manufacturer, being a sponsor, that much more significant and put mm-hmm. ultimately empower the players. Uh, you know, Nick, you, you might know sort of the historical challenge of being a player and like choosing to play C tiers locally and how maybe a manufacturer may say, well, we want you to play, but the way we actually grade your performance at the end of the year might be how many points or wins or et cetera that you've, you've competed in. And so exactly. there's, there's tension around that. Should I go play the C tier? Should I not? Mm-hmm. So if we sort of remove this subjective uh, questioning around events and quality of events, it's going to make the conversation around player value and, and performance, hopefully a little bit more uh, intelligent. Absolutely. I love that idea too. I love anything that at the moment is going to give players a little bit more of a position to talk about their next level sponsorship and everything like that. And having a system like this is obviously going to benefit them. So that in and of itself is an incredible feature. Exactly. All right. Well, we thank you very much, Dion and your whole team for sure. You guys have been hooking us up with this. Ah, I'm, I'm a talk show guy. <laughs> You've been hooking us up with stats for months now, and we couldn't be happier with the partnership. I said this to you pre-show. Don't forget about us when you make it big and you're actually the <laughs> the main stat producer for ESPN and everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, All right, Nick and Matt show OG for life. Exactly. Appreciate it. <laughs> totally appreciate it. And uh, w- I don't think we need to promise the same. We're not getting bigger, Nick. We're just staying the same size. Well, we're just, we're no, just... no, we're, we're getting huge. We're getting huge. Listen, and I'll say that because you remember when we were talking about kind of like the world's hangover thing and then Stat Mando, you guys went and looked it all up. And then what happened on the Disc Golf Pro Tour, they actually took those stats from and shouted out Stat Mando, obviously. So I think that's pretty cool because we were all, Matt, you, me, Dion, we were all involved in that. It's a ripple. It's a ripple. Absolutely. It was an incredible stat, actually. I did not realize that Paul did that well after Worlds every single year. <laughs> I actually thought that there was like kind of like how James did it to where win World Championships and then have, you know, uh, just barely or just out of the top 10 finish at his next event. I actually thought, like, I didn't think Paul's was bad, but I definitely didn't realize that he's won, like, what, seven in a row now after Worlds? That's that's like freaking wild. Near near perfect record after Worlds. So here's, here's yeah. a, I'll, I'll go out on this. It's okay. a bonus stat of the week for you guys. Nice. James Conrad and his his world's win did something that no other player had done since 2010. Okay, I so, hear it now. It's he's no other player has uh, gone to a playoff and won. No, from that's behind. Not, that's not true. I was just saying no, from no, behind. No, Tec- technically, no one's beat Paul Macbeth in a playoff at Worlds. That's that's also true. So this is this is an obscure stat, but. James's win at Worlds was his first win of the season. Oh, first win of the season being oh. a world championship. Cool. That's a good one. That's right. That's right. So there that's you go. A, bonus stat. That's a pretty good one to win. Bo- <laughs> bonus stat. Hashtag bonus stat. That's what I think we'll just have to go with that. Just another just another exclusive on the Nick and Matt show. <laughs> that's you right. Here first. That is right. All right, Dion, we're gonna let you go. And honestly, for you, it's probably about dinner time. For us, we're getting ready to go to bed, but I appreciate the time differences. Um, that means feel free to, you know, when you text us in the evening, I'm already asleep, but you know, text me right when you wake up and I'm about having lunch. So it's all, it all works out. So 
Sounds good. Thank All you guys. right, everybody. That cool. was Dion. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much. That was Dion Arlen, everybody um, of Stat Mando. Totally appreciate having him on the show, providing us with all those interesting stats. And Nick, they called me Stat Mando because I like looking at numbers, but I don't think I went that deep in a while. That was like really yeah. interesting stuff. I know, right? I, I love it. It's like, I remember when we had uh, Udisc Matt on our show last year at some point, and it was just like, all these numbers are getting thrown at me and I just have no idea what to do with them. And kind of the same thing, but it's, it is really cool to have such in-depth stats throughout every single event. It's awesome when, you know, we open up an email and we have everything just already planned out for the CCR, for Warwick, for Mad City Open. And th these guys are just incredible. They're putting out a lot of great stuff and the kind of partnership that we have with them has been an incredible uh, partnership for the Nick and Matt show. So I've been loving it. I agree. And, um, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep using them, <laughs> not abusing them. But when we when we have yeah. in, interesting information that we'd like to know, they go get it done. They find it out for us. So mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. Um, and I don't know if I ever told you the way that this came to be, where we hooked up for the Nick and Matt show was I was at an event and I actually for once was leading an event after round one, <laughs> and uh, Evan, one of their teammates there evan comes up and he's like hey man you know like stat mando we're doing some cool stuff and i was like yeah like immediately i was just like yeah let's let's work together let's get it done and then they've only grown right. a, like extensively since that moment yeah so yeah. um no, I it's been awesome we tweet at we tweet at each other a pretty decent amount on twitter so it's been fun talking with them and you know, fortunately they listened to the show obviously. And, oh, I can't say that word actually. So Hannah, Hannah texted me oh, earlier and she said, I said, obviously too many times. And so I have to make sure that I'm not <laughs> saying that. And, uh, I'll say I've had so many like other things going in my mind, like lately that I don't realize sometimes I'll get onto a sentence and I won't even realize what I'm saying. And so apparently I've been saying obviously too many times. So if I say, obviously, you know, tell me not to say that anymore. Obviously, but I'll anyways, do that. Obviously. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, no, you say exactly, like, too. You say exactly, oh, so, too. So you can't say exactly or obviously. I, or I gotta, well, I here's gotta one other one. I got to rewatch everything. Just, Let's yeah. do this game, everybody, in the chat. Write down Nick's favorite phrases. You ready? Here we go. One of, one of them is, and everything like that. In fact, you'll say, and everything like that enough and i'm just picking on you believe me people pick on yeah, me yeah, yeah. but someone yeah, in the yeah. chat was like is that like a regional thing because like you say it a lot and i'm wondering if it's just like a no, regional thing no it's 100 percent <laughs> just a nervous thing of like that's how i want to end the sentence and that's how i send it back to matt that's 100 percent just <laughs> not knowing what to, what to end the sentence with it's funny it's it's i was actually thinking of this actually when we were just talking to dion and how much easier it is when kind of like Matt and I did the show together sitting right next to each other Yeah. because you can kind of like, you can flip over the conversation easy to where like, if I'm off the screen, I could raise my hand and Matt would know, Hey, Nick has something to say now. And same thing, Matt, you would have something to say. We could always just go back and forth. And now that we're kind of Skype calling, it's, you know, we're learning how to end a sentence in the way that Matt now knows, okay, now it's my turn to come into it. And especially in an interview process Woo. to where we're not right next to each other. It's like if Matt asks a question, the player or the person, whoever is online 
they answer the question. I have a follow-up to it, but also Matt has a follow-up to it. So we end up interrupting each other. We're figuring it out. We I'm are not a professional podcast guy, but I, I hopefully will be in the next three years. But um, <laughs> Trial by know, fire. It's I, true. Uh, and, and I will say this. Now we're just talking about ourselves, but I feel like we've gotten yeah, yeah. better. But here's the interesting like dichotomy you just brought to it is like we were getting better. And then you moved. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, as exactly. you just said, then it was like starting over being like, okay, like I'm literally yeah. not there with him. Like we can try to send each other text. We can have show notes really kind of clear, but like we're still figuring out the dance. We appreciate everybody sticking along for the ride through all this. I'll tell you that. Uh, go get a Nick and Matt yeah. shirt uh, right now. So you can have one of the originals, <laughs> get one of the hats. So you can say, I knew yeah. them when I knew them when they would just constantly talk over each other. Um, yep. And, and yeah, so. All right, exactly. um, Nick, I'm asking you live on air right now. Are we going to be able to line up that other guest? I saw that we've connected with them. Yeah. I'm just curious did if he, you think they might be did ready. He wave to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Yeah, shoot him a, shoot him a call and see if you can get him in. You think he and might be ready? While, while you're doing that, I'll kind of introduce him before he actually jumps onto it. Uh, Wes Shinovar was the tournament director for the CCR Open, the big A tier that actually just happened in Michigan. Uh, one of the other incredible things about Wes, he is actually the team captain for the Discraft Underground team, which is the team that I'm sponsored by. I wear their sweatshirt all the time. I really, really do appreciate the opportunity that Wes has given me in the last, uh, we're going on three years now, I think. And so we wanted to get Wes to jump on tonight to actually talk about the CCR Open, talk about tournament directing in a quick sense. But then also one of the biggest headlines <laughs> Matt was talking about earlier. And if you've seen the post round production, you will notice people were wearing masks and not the time that we normally are used to seeing right now, they're wearing mosquito masks. So we're going to talk to Wes really quickly about everything that goes along the lines of that. So without further ado, I'll introduce Wes Shinovar, team captain of the Discraft Underground team. Everyone might know him also as Team Stamp Wes. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. And it was such a last-minute interview, and we're not going to lie. We, we came down to the show, and I was like, you know what, Nick? I said, and it might be unfortunate, but one of the biggest talking points of this whole week was mosquitoes it looked like battle out there and i know that you were promoting this leading up to the event you were saying like we are doing everything we can but can you just like give us a description and the event's over you're not going to scare anybody away give us a description of like really how bad this was yeah this was uh just about as bad as i've ever seen it since i started playing this course in about 2016 and we've had some spells where you know, in the early spring when it's really damp uh, or maybe real early summer where the mosquitoes will be bad for, you know, a week or two weeks or some, somewhere along those lines. But, yeah, it, it was pretty bad this weekend. And it's it's just super unfortunate. Several weeks ago, about four weeks ago, not a single mosquito on either course. We had an really? extremely dry spring here, probably one of the driest springs we've ever had. Uh, and then we get to the last four weeks here and it just has not stopped raining, uh, <laughs> including the round on Friday. So with all that rain, uh, came the mosquitoes and, uh, yeah, they were, they were pretty bad. So is this like, was this mosquito bad? Like, as in like, you would be swinging and whacking and they, they would just keep coming. Like you weren't going to stop. You weren't going to whack, like whack them away. Right. Yeah. This wasn't, uh, you know, the occasional mosquito landing on your arm or, um, you know, the, on your face. I mean, just these, these guys are trying to perform at such a high level mm -hmm. to compete at an A tier. There's a lot of cash <laughs> on the line and, you know, really every putt is valuable and to have mosquitoes landing on 
your arm, your putting hand, your face. I mean, just those distractions while you're trying to perform at the level that these guys are trying to perform at is just so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it 100% is. And then you have the distractions uh, like on the course as well. You have, you know, let's say for the couple lead cards that are out or the lead cards, chase cards, maybe the third card, you got spectators walking around. I did hear on the post round production that a couple of the holes towards the back of the front nine, they don't coincide with each other, but they're closer to each other. So you have groups following the lead card, the chase card, you get clapping when someone hits a putt on a different card. And then to top it off, you have the most annoying thing in the world. And that's mosquito. Oh, probably the second most annoying thing in the world. You got mosquitoes going at you. So Nick, definitely not a fun time. What's the most, yeah, no. what's the most annoying thing in the world? You said second, what's the most? I don't know. I, I hate ticks and they're bad <laughs> right now. So. I, I will take ticks over mosquitoes personally, but I've never had Lyme's disease, but yeah. I would do it because I can check myself after the putt or like at the end of the evening. <laughs> mosquitoes yeah, is like yeah. you're like lining up and they're like buzzing in your ears and like yeah. Yep. So, all right. Besides mosquitoes, which obviously was we saw people decked out like we've never seen before. If if you haven't seen mm -hmm. this, guys, go check out every. I mean, I'm trying to think. Lisa Fakus. I'm seeing a lot of the FPO posting. Holly Finley. Um, I saw some of the camera crews out there with the full you know netted mask. I've seen someone. Was it? Yeah. Who was it in the full the full body suit like of like mesh do you know who that was i forget was it lisa it was someone uh, tristan tanner the last day on the coverage is wearing his head net for pretty much most of the round and yeah. uh, you, you can't really see the camera guys up close but all of these camera guys are basically decked out in what would normally be like full rain gear where they have Ooh. pants long sleeve some gloves uh rubber bands around the ends of their jackets to keep their wrists protected uh, hoods over their heads and then bug nets over their face. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, those, those poor camera guys really uh, get themselves in some tricky spots out on the course where they got to be behind the players or maybe in the rough to mm -hmm. make sure they get the shot. But uh, you know, those guys are, are some of the big heroes of the weekend making those oh, sacrifices yeah. to, <laughs> to get, get good angles on all the shots. Oh, absolutely. Is running is running. Okay. When I was growing up, I remember seeing people running with like black plastic bags duct taped around like their body with sweats on, right? To try to like sweat weight out or whatever it was. I was like, I don't know if that's still a thing, but that seemed kind of like a trendy thing back then. Maybe not a healthy thing. But like in my head, I'm imagining these camera guys just like sweating horribly and they're like rubber rain suits and like they're out there trying to capture the shot, but not getting bit by mosquitoes. So not getting bit. Yeah, it, it was also not uh cool or cold at all this weekend it was you know fairly warm fairly humid again we've had a lot of rain so for those guys to have to wear all of that gear on top of the weather yeah. uh, it was it was a tough weekend for for all of those things <laughs> I, saw, I saw tristan wearing he was like white un, under armor kind of like leggings and then he had white under armor sleeves and everything like that when and then on top of the mesh hat for the mosquitoes that that just sounds miserable heat wise yeah. holy yeah. cow yeah, it was it was tough weekend, but it's you know it's really the worst it's ever been. So I'd love to <laughs> promise promise everybody it's never going to be that bad ever again. Yeah. Uh, but I guess at the end of the day, you never know. <laughs> cool. Well, let's hop off that subject really quick of the mosquitoes because they're <laughs> annoying in and of itself. Let's actually talk about the event really quick. We had some pretty incredible things happen, obviously with Team Discraft member Chandler Fry winning the event. And then shout out to Kristen Tatar for winning the event in the FPO division and not just winning, dominating the FPO division. So 
Talk to us about that. You're obviously on the ground, tournament directing everything. Do you get to watch the round at all? What's kind of like your ordeal when you're out there? Yeah, we did tea times this year, three rounds of tea times. So it was tough for me to watch the women because they were teeing off kind of uh, early or mid-morning. And then I was still teeing off the cards going out after that. So I didn't really get to watch a lot of the women's uh, action live. I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to watching the post-produced coverage from GK Pro on that. Uh, I got to watch maybe their last two or three holes a couple of times, and I was obviously following live scores throughout the day and watching what uh, Kristen was doing out there. So didn't get to watch a lot of the FPO coverage, but I did get to follow the lead card for MPO each day. Uh, just kind of do some crowd control, make sure I was there if any questions uh, needed to be asked by the players or if you know they needed some extra help or insight on a call i wanted to make sure that i was there with the lead card to kind of uh assist with that and i've seen you know jeff spring do that with the disc golf pro tour kind of as a example of you know what a good tournament director is doing at at these bigger events and so kind of taking a note from his book i wanted to make sure i was following along to uh not only watch the action myself because obviously i'm a fan of disc golf but you know just be there as a, mm -hmm. a support person as the tournament director as well yeah absolutely yeah. Um, do any moments stand out to you in this event as being, um, I want to say standout moments um, where either something got really hard and you were able to figure it out or something went incredibly well and it was like, wow, it's a cool moment to, to file away. Anything at all? Or is it just kind of a pretty straightforward besides the mosquitoes? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did uh, a lot of preparation for this event knowing that, you know, we really want this event to be a extremely high level event you know and and executed very well a well-run event and we got a lot of of great feedback from players that it, it was run really well so that's really great to know that all of our hard work paid off uh there was maybe you know a couple of questions about one or two calls where we just kind of had to go and just double check the rules kind of some of those rules where you're pretty sure you know them but as a tournament director you want to be absolutely sure that you know them because the last thing that you want to do is, you know, get a call wrong and cost a player a stroke when every stroke is so valuable. So, um, you know, no, no really hard moments. There's certainly a few moments of play and a few shots that I was able to catch throughout the weekend that stand out. I mean, any, anytime you have double G at your tournaments, uh, the things that, <laughs> that that guy does with a disc, I'm sure you guys have both seen it too, are, are just mind bending in person. Uh, yeah. they, they just, the power he gets and some of the lines he takes, um, nobody else really has those opportunities or even options. So he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, kind of just one other shot that really sticks out is the final round hole number eight. And they kind of talked about this really briefly on coverage, but, uh, Chandler's got about a 45, 55 foot putt somewhere in there. And the chase card was on one of those holes that you had mentioned that was just in front of yep. his putt. And so uh, the camera guys had come into his view. He sort of stepped back and reset. And then the other card proceeded to take a few putts. You got some fans moving around and ultimately he ended up waiting probably close to 10 minutes mm -hmm. to uh, take that putt, which was kind of an anomaly for the weekend. I don't know that that was a problem all weekend, but uh, at that point he did have a small lead, but, Going into that final round and the back nine, which is very scorable, no lead was safe. So that was really a, a huge putt 
for him to have to wait 10 minutes and then he drained it. And uh, yeah, I was going to say, he ended up draining that one too, which was a huge, I would say, momentum swing. And I think one of the other momentum swings as well was, um, was it the hole before? Is it the par four that he was the only birdie on all weekend? Yeah. Right? That, <laughs> yeah. That, that hole scored as a, a five. We're going to change that to a five, I, I believe, next year because it, that whole yeah. play played pretty tough with the OB, a little tougher than we expected. Uh, yep. You know, the distance is not super long for a lot of pros. It just really requires two good drives. But with the conditions and with some, uh, the players maybe playing a little bit safer with the OBs, it, it definitely scored closer to a five. And yeah, he had two amazing, uh, I think both four shots probably mm -hmm. on, on that hole. I know the second shot was a, a force in there. Yep. yep. Uh, it, and then hit a big putt from, I think, just outside the circle for, for that three, which, uh, yeah. yeah, that was incredible. So, D-Glow, right around the corner, is this an event that you get to make it to and get to relax and be a fan? Are you playing, or how, how does that look for you? Yeah, I took uh, last week off of work to make sure everything was set up for this weekend. Uh, me and my wife had a, a baby recently, and so she was on mommy duty for the weekend so i think i'll probably be on daddy duty next weekend <laughs> uh so I, I don't know if i'll get to make it out to d-glow i'm hoping to make it out there one day and uh you know see see all my friends especially all my team discraft buddies and and kind of mm -hmm. hang out but uh that's up in the air so far <laughs> yeah gotcha, i feel you gotcha. i feel you with the kids um i have four boys and my youngest is now in his two-year-old age and it's still tough. Yeah, it's tough. You got to plan out far in advance and you can't do back to back very well unless you really are, yeah. you know, making a significant withdrawal and you better have made a really good deposit, yeah. all this stuff. <laughs> so, oh, we got mosquitoes in here. You hear those mosquitoes? I, say, I, I thought I heard one earlier. <laughs> I'm having too much fun with the mosquito sounds. Um, exactly. So, besides that, do you have anything to do with Nick making it off of the underground team onto Discraft? Anything? <laughs> Can you put in a good word for Nick? I mean, he's been really trying hard. He's one point away from a thousand. Like he didn't pay, yeah. he didn't pay me to say You're this. Talking I, I just Wes and I don't have this conversation every other day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Nick Carl's really one of our, our bright stars on the underground. Thanks for the quick uh, <laughs> underground plug. You know, he we're in the underground uh, hoodie. We get a lot of, People who say that, uh, you know, Nick Carl more or less referred them to the underground kind of through way of uh, public image. So I I think Nick Carl is super close. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, <laughs> if he gets a call here in the near future. But underground yeah, we'll for life, underground for life. That's what Nick hey, I'll tell you this. I'll always keep the sweatshirts and everything like that. They've, you know, technically hey. all technically all of my pro wins have been with Discraft. So I'd like to <laughs> remain in that situation. Heck yeah. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think Discraft Underground knows what they have with you, and they're like, "Why would we ever recommend the promotion? We'll just keep them and put a shining star on Underground." So, well, I was going to say the ep the episode that we did with Paul has over like 130,000 views across YouTube Ooh. on all the different clips and everything, and I'm pretty sure I was wearing this sweatshirt for it. There so I was go. like, "All right, well, <laughs> there's my social media for the year." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'd be amazed how many people say that they have seen you on, uh, yeah. you know, heard you on the podcast or seen you on the videos. <laughs> Uh, it's a it's a big number. Awesome. Hey, just doing my part. Code <laughs> what what is that? Discount code Nick uh, Nick twenty. What oh, was that? Code, it used used to be code <laughs> Nick ten. Rest in peace, code Nick ten. Now it's <laughs> Nick and Matt. Now 
now it's Nick and Matt from Manscaped. So go ahead, check that out sometime. But also, if you're ever ordering a disc off of the Foundation Discs website, I have an affiliate link. If you go on my Instagram bio, it's open. You don't even have to follow me on Instagram. Just go ahead and click that link. Any and all purchases that you do through Foundation Discs through my link, uh, it, they help me out. So I'd really appreciate that. Shameless plug right now. That is shameless. Nice. That is shameless. And um, we're glad to have you on tonight, Wes. Um, is there anything that we missed that you want to shout out that you're like, hey, man, you have me on. Now's the time. Yeah, you know, I, I, one thing I would love to say is that, you know, we get, I get so many questions about running tournaments, and I think it would really be valuable, tremendously valuable for players to run tournaments, even if it's an unsanctioned event, just to kind of get a glimpse into what a tournament director does, you know, and even running a C-tier, there's like 8,000 moving parts that go into running an A-tier, so certainly don't jump into something like that. But I think players could learn so much about, tournaments and uh you know the finances kind of that go into disc golf by running an event so i i totally recommend to anybody that's interested you know link up with your local club and help out and run a tournament uh it benefits the club and it'll benefit you i think in the long run as a player to kind of understand how the other side of things goes goes on and uh i'm always happy to help people out that are just getting started or interested in potentially running a tournament and kind of educating them. So uh, people can always reach out to me with questions uh, on that front. If they want as well, I'm, I'm happy to help. Cool. And you actually messaged me before you jumped on tonight, you were talking about a disc giveaway. You want to shed some light on that really quick? Yeah. Yeah. I'll let you guys kind of decide uh, how to give this away uh, and who the winner is. And I'll go ahead and ship it out. But we have a really sweet CCR open ESP undertaker. Uh, this is this is probably my favorite Discraft mold, I think. I, I love the ESP Undertaker. It's got a nice blue foil with the Dave Lantine artwork from this year. Uh, a nice kind of white and smoky color here. This thing is uh, super sweet. It was one of the best discs that we had, and I kind of pulled it aside for myself, but I'd love to go ahead and give it away, and I'll kind of let you guys uh, sort that out. Well, since you've just bestowed upon the power of me being able to sort that out, I'm sorry, there is no more giveaway. I'm actually going to personally take that <laughs> disc because it was sick looking and Wes didn't give me the nuke that I wanted that he posted last week. Just kidding. Uh, Matt, and I Matt and I tonight, we'll talk I about have it. it. I have it, Nick, right now. You oh, ready? I got the idea. Cool. How many live? Talk with first about it. There's, a, there's an actual number. I'm not fully sure. I think we've said it once. I think we've said it one time, but the rest of the times we've rounded this number up. So I need the exact number. How many live concurrent viewers was our most ever uh, during our live recording here on the Nick and Matt show? The most live concurrent viewers. So that's at one time. How many did we have as our most? Uh, the chat room is going to start guessing on that. Um, we will be sure to reach out to you and we'll figure out the best way to get it to them. Um, Perfect. All right. And and honestly, for the chat room who's going to be guessing, it's going to be the first right answer I see. There's no other way to do this. It might not be in the right order according to their chats. It's going to be my chat. I am the say all end all with this one. <laughs> that all has right. the power. All right. Thank you, Wes, very much. Uh, maybe sometime you make it out to Maple Hill, we can catch around or something. Yeah, I'd love that. Thanks for having me, guys. All Thanks. right. We'll talk. See you later, Wes. All right, everybody, yep. Wes Shinovar, Discraft Underground uh, team captain. And uh, Nick, I, I threw in that 
question for you. Apparently, you must have that conversation often, but I didn't know. I was like, I'm going to throw you a bone no. with this one. No, um, well, so end of the year, you kind of do end of the year reviews on your players and everything like that. And I, I want to give a quick shout out to Wes because um, obviously Discraft Underground's the only team I've ever been sponsored by. But any time that I've ever had a question or anything like that, like how can I promote myself better or do I need to be doing more things like this? Wes, I swear, probably messages me, messages me back within five minutes every single time. <laughs> and then when we get talking, we've talked for, you know, hours on end before they've done a Discraft Underground interview with me. Um, he's an incredible team captain, an incredible dude, and a great ambassador for the sport and an incredible ambassador for Discraft in and of itself. But um, yeah, last year we talked a little bit end of the year review of just like, hey, do you feel like you deserve to be on team Discraft? And obviously I didn't feel like I deserved to be on the team Discraft last year, but I'm not going to say no. I'm going to hype myself up, obviously, and you know try to make it sound like I deserve to be on the team. So we've been in conversation before, but I, I pretty much know the idea of what you know, it takes to get on team Discraft, And it's just at that point, it's just me actually trying to push myself to be at that next level. Um, I, I have obviously goals throughout the year. Uh, one of them was getting over a thousand rated mark and getting a couple wins this year. I wanted to get a B tier win. Um, now that I've done that, the goal is kind of like, you know, push out for an A tier win. If I can get into one soon, um, stuff like that. So. Yeah. And everything like that, Nick, right. And everything like <laughs> Just, oh god! You didn't even did say it. it. No, Sorry. no, no. You actually oh. said a variation of it. You said something oh. like, "I don't know." You said a variation of it. But the the guesses are still coming in. Um, nobody is correct yet. Somebody is within seven. So if by the end of the show I don't see a number that's closer than this individual, I will reach out and tell this individual. So sit tight, everybody. You can keep the guesses coming in. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a clue there. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna give a clue. Less, less than 2,000. Less than 2,000. That's my clue. All right. So, moving into a few topics here as we continue on. Did you see we have a disc golf power couple once again, besides just being dating boyfriend-girlfriend, they are now engaged. Did you see that Colton and Kona have officially uh, become engaged to be married? I I did see that, and I was actually super pumped for them. Um, there are two people who are incredible. It's funny enough, I actually played the Nantucket Open with Colton back in 2017, and I had no idea who Colton was, but I remember his first throw, he had ripped it like pretty far. And I was like, okay, this kid's good. And then he ended up like murdering me by like seven that round or something like that. I got to think. Uh, might, might even been nine strokes. I can look it up in a second, but he ended up murdering me that round. He, he ended up placing well throughout the tournament, but that's actually the first time that I got to meet him. And then obviously with him and Kona dating, I'm friends with Kona. And so I've gotten to get to know them both a little bit more. But then, yeah, when I saw that video, that was, it was a very touching moment and I'm very, very happy for them. All right. Uh, I am, I'm slightly distracted, but that was a good talking point to fill in for this. And I'm excited for them too, but we have so yeah. many guesses coming in right now. Someone is one off one, one off. We Ooh. might just give it to them. We might just give it to them, but let's well, if someone does not get the correct answer. Oh, 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 all right. There's the correct answer. I see it. And I don't see anybody else's having it. So it is what it is. It is over. And Nick, it couldn't go to anybody better. Well, there's plenty of betters, but this is one of the OGs. Todd Ken Bouchard. Ch oh, yeah. Ken. Todd is Bouchard. Ken. Yeah. Todd Bouchard 
1,993 concurrent, um, if my memory serves me correct. But again, we're just going based okay. off of what my memory says. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. So Todd Bouchard, um, I think, Todd, you're going to have to reach out to us or reach out directly to Wes or whatever and tell him. Either way you do it, we'll put you in connection with Wes. You're like, hey, I won. Yeah. Awesome job, Todd. All right. Um, I'm trying to think here. We talked about a lot of things, but here's the main topic of tonight. I know we've come a long way. We're an hour and 15 mm -hmm. minutes in, but here it is. Celebrity Pro-Am. And that was the yes. Disc Golf Pro Tour event held at Funky Farms with Ben Askren. Uh, mm -hmm. Was this a success? In your mind, what did you feel like the event was? Like, and how do you think it went down? Are you satisfied? Do you feel like, wow, that was amazing? Like, or do you feel like, eh, it wasn't a big deal? Like, where are you at with it, Nick? What's your reaction? So for me, for me personally, it was, I thought it was successful because the idea of what they did was a success. They went out and they took 10 celebrities that are outside of disc golf and they took 10 disc golfers who are in the pro scene, obviously. Oh, dang it. I did it. They took 10 pro disc golfers. And they had them play the Funky Farms layout, the two different rounds. One round was singles. The next round was uh, doubles. And uh, I thought it was successful in the sense of how the tournament was ran. I didn't care to watch it live. Like, it's obviously, it's the first year. It was the same thing with the All-Star tournament, to where it's like, it's this is the first year of doing it. It's kind of a trial run. You get to know what do you need to change, what needs to be better about it. And so for me personally, I took it as, Hey, when the coverage comes out for it, I'm going to watch it, but I don't, I don't need to watch it live. I'm not, you know, sitting there biting my nails, waiting for the coverage to come out. I wasn't mad that the coverage they did put out was highlights. I mean, I, I saw a ton of it on Instagram from the Instagram stories and that in and of itself was fun. I, I followed it on UDisc live. And so that was fun for me. So I personally considered it a successful tournament. I'm curious if they're going to do it at Funky Farms again next year or if they're going to switch it up. Who knows? I mean, that's something that they're already probably talking about, how to make it bigger and better. But, yeah, for me, I would say it was successful. Yeah, I think generally I feel similar. Um, when I heard the event announced, I was pretty excited. I thought there's great potential for this event. That was my initial thought. It was like there is great potential because – you always hear about the, oh, this guy plays disc golf. Have you heard this guy plays disc golf? You know, the white, the white Sox pitcher, one of the White Sox pitchers plays disc golf. Oh, the guy from this TV show plays, you know, and it's like, okay, that's great. They obviously, if they really like it, they would love to come and hang out with the best because honestly, they're fans of the sport. They're probably fans of the players as well. And I think that's what we saw, but what did we actually see? We actually saw social media of the event. Like we saw stories on Facebook and Instagram yeah. and social media posts through both platforms, but just little highlights, just enough to mm -hmm. tease you for here's kind of what it was like a little behind the scenes. And I yeah. think, I think people felt like, okay, they're giving us the behind the scenes, but like, they're going to have a production for us. Like, We'll, we're going to go sign up to the Disc Golf Network and we're going to be able to watch this because they said like, hey, there's going to be content. Now, to be clear, the Disc Golf Pro Tour and the Disc Golf Network never said they were going to have like shot-by-shot -shot content. They said like special feature content. Yeah. 
they did say before the event happened that there wasn't going to be live coverage of the event. I mean, they did. It's not like everyone was hoping for live coverage and then all of a sudden they got to the day of the event and they're like, you know what? We didn't bring our camera crews. We're not going to bother doing it. Like they did previously announce that there was not going to be live coverage. Yeah. And so you're right. They said we wouldn't have live coverage. I think they, if you followed closely, you definitely didn't think that they were going to have like shot by shot, especially not live. Um, but they did announce, and I think it is um, GK, GK Pro. They said, hey, GK Pro is also going to be there. Mm -hmm. I still don't know for sure what the difference will be, but I can imagine that GK Pro is actually going to have edited together coverage, not just highlights. And if it is, it's going to be edited together in a uh, compelling, engaging way, I'm sure. There's no way GK puts this up any other way. At least that's my opinion. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's going out tomorrow. So if we're recording on uh, Monday, everybody, I'm saying it might, not 100% here. I did reach out and ask, but the, the best guess is tomorrow. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, But do we think it's a success? What will it look like for years to come? Will they do it for years to come? Um, I think they might. Yeah, I, I definitely think they will. I think as the sport is continuing to explode, and I think as celebrities are finding it, an accessible outlet to get away from the life that style that they have. And the more that the sport gains popularity wise and professionally, uh, I definitely do think that a lot of celebrities will kind of join into the sport. And I think it'd be an awesome way for celebrity programs. I, I mean, I would love it if eventually it happens to where spectators can go out to it and people can meet all these celebrities. And it's a very professionally well-ran event, not saying that it wasn't this year. Cause I know it was, but, um, yeah, to make it bigger and better. I mean, that's always the the goal that we want. We want outside people that have names in the world kind of or like have a big social media platform. We want those players and people coming into the sport, checking it out and, you know, really enjoying it. I, I mean, I one, agree. Of the, one of the people was like a Pittsburgh Penguin, uh, the goalie, Casey DeSmith. And then you had Dylan Cease, who's a Chicago White Sox player. You know, it's it's pretty sweet. I agree. And I think that. As it goes forward, I think they're going to end up doing things like selling 100 passes, gold gold level passes, right? Where it's going to be yeah. like, all right, there can actually be spectators. I think that would make the event way better. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, there's obviously going to be cons to that as well. So, like, the cons being it takes away, and I'll use the word intimacy, of pro disc golfers and celebrities not having that pressure of entertaining in the sense of, you know, like, what they get all the time. Hey, can I get an autograph? All these things, right? That's not yeah, there. Yeah. And so I think they enjoyed that. But as far as like the marketing from the disc golf pro tour, I think it needs to expand there. They at a minimum, in my opinion, at a minimum need to bring in, I think I say at a minimum live coverage, like we're expecting it nowadays, <laughs> but I do, yeah. I feel like live coverage would be great. And then they don't have to produce something later. Just have the live coverage. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, or, or I say, I, I say minimum of live. I, I think they need to advertise. We are going to do some form of shot by shot, hole by hole mm -hmm. type thing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I'm at with it. I yeah. think what they advertised happened, but I think there's so much room to grow that, yeah, that I'm looking forward to it. And I, I know it's going to be successful mm -hmm. because for them to pull it off like this, yeah, it, it worked. 
I had no, I mean, this was also something that I got pulled off in a little bit of time, you know, with the European tournaments getting canceled for U.S. players traveling over there. Um, it created this week to be opened up. So this wasn't something that they've been planning for two years. Now they can go along and say, you know what, this was a successful run, but we can make it so much more. And so now they have a whole year to figure everything out and figure out different players that they want to get to play this event. I had no expectations for this. It was a trial run. Hey, let's, you know, let's do it. Let's see if it works out. And I think it was successful in that sense. And so now they know everything that they need to do to get better. And you have an incredible staff with the disc golf pro tour. And we say this a lot, but Jeff spring, he's a guy who, if he sees something is wrong, he's going to go out and try to do his best to fix it. And shout out to him for that because he is an incredible CEO of the disc golf pro tour, uh, tour manager and everything like that. So He's killing it. I think next year it's going to be bigger and better. Same thing with the all-star break, you know. Nick, I, I pulled a quick one on you, and I don't know if you noticed. You did. Yeah, of course you noticed. Yeah, you did, because all of a sudden it said, you know, someone joined the chat room or joined the live call, and I was just like, who, who do you bring in? <laughs> and then I see in our green room a very friendly face. All right. So, Matt, I'll, I'll let you introduce him. Yeah, so, guys, I am not about to toot my own horn, but here I go. When we're doing a live recording session and I'm over here trying to multitask and line guests up that we have not been able to connect with until literally the middle of the show. It happened. We got Chandler Fry, everybody. Let's go ahead and bring him in. And <laughs> all right, everybody. Hello. Chandler Fry. Hello. <laughs> this was a significant win for you. In fact, if if Stat Mando provided us the right stats, like we know they did. Um, mm -hmm. this, this was one of your best performances ever. Um, and this is only, and I say only because I feel like when I hear Chandler Fry, I think great player, this is only your second A tier win. This is only your second A tier win. So how does it feel, um, coming off of this win? Did you feel like your performance was at its top level or did you feel like there was more to give? Yeah, I think I played fantastic. It was pretty, pretty amazing. Actually, the putter was just going in the bucket. It was pretty um, unbelievable. <laughs> it just felt really good. But uh, growing up in Washington, playing in Washington, I'm playing against ballers constantly. Mm -hmm. We got Nate Sexton, we got Kyle Crabtree, we got uh, uh, James Proctor's up there now. Um, mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to get an A tier in uh, locally. So uh, to get an A tier on the road felt pretty good. Yeah, funny enough, your last A-tier win wasn't really locally. You actually went up to Alaska yeah. and went out and beat Will Schustrick, Austin Hannum, Brian Schweberger was at that event. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that one really quick. Yeah, so I, I had been going up to that tournament for like four years before I won the A-tier, and Schweberger just kept kicking my butt. That guy was just throwing thumbers down the mountain yep. over and over again, just parking holes. I got second a few times, and finally I was just like, you know what? I'm going to win this thing. And Will Schuster showed up, mm -hmm. and then Austin Hannum showed up. I was just like, okay. Um, yeah, that was my first A tier. And uh, so far, I'm still looking for my first A tier in Washington. But I got Alaska down, and now I got Michigan. So there I got two of the 50 states. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I guess main thing we'll talk about is the CCR Open, though, because that is the event that you just won at it. You had your highest round rating for round one. This isn't talking about your whole career in general, but you were the hot round, round one, obviously, with the 1070 rated round. Your yeah. average throughout the event was 1051, which actually was your best average rating at an event. Right. You actually beat it by five. Your previous one was the 2020 Washington State Championships. That was 27 points above your rating. And funny enough, this is a cool stat that Stat Mando and I and Matt have been working on throughout the year. But your cash per throw 
you threw the disc 155 times, you made $11.39 per throw. And that's pretty awesome. I mean, every single time someone um, gave you a $10 bill, a $1 bill, and 39 cents to go along with it every time you threw a disc. I'd, I'd take that every round if I can do it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. absolutely. And then uh, your cash winnings for this event was what? Just about 17 looks about yeah, 65. Two, actually, yeah, 17 in, past, in the past three weeks, I've actually gotten my two highest uh, cashers ever. I got 18 cool. wood and then 1765 here at CCR. Woo. Very cool. High, that is awesome. Actually. High roller, baby. That's yeah. awesome. So where do you feel like, obviously, you're having a successful year. You're playing well. You have a lot of top 10 finishes. You have yeah. a lot of you have a lot of great showings this year. Um, what do you feel like is different this year than in years past? Do you feel like you've elevated your game in a certain way? What happened? I think I'm just more committed than, I'm ever, than I've ever been. Um, I'm practicing more. I'm focusing more on my health. I'm just I'm traveling with some fantastic people. I'm uh, I'm hanging out with Eric Oakley quite a bit, Chris Clemens, uh, Calvin Heinberg, and Thomas uh, Gilbert, and uh, just really success-oriented individuals who want to play better and strive to be successful. And I think that's really kind of imparting on me and uh, helping me in the in my gameplay. And also, um, I. <laughs> Jeff Corns gave me two putters, uh, two crazy tough challenger OSs, jawbreaker challenger OSs. And I don't know if it's the putters or it's me, but these things are magical. Mm -hmm. They're just, they're just working for me. And so, uh, nice. Getting, yeah. After, after worlds, I missed, I missed the cut at worlds. And, uh, I just, in the final round of worlds, I switched my putters and I kind of do that. If I'm kind of in a slump, I switch my putters out and, uh, it's just been working for me and feels great. <laughs> Yeah, so those are pretty overstable putters. Obviously, you said the Challenger OSs, right? Yeah, such I think a putter yeah. and I are the ones who really putt with those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overstable putters when they're like too overstable, I have a hard time putting with them. My my issue, it's kind of funny you just said that you can switch. You know, even mid tournament sometimes if you feel like you need to. I've been putting with the same putters that I've had for a really long time now. And every single time I try to go practice rounds and take them out, I always like get to the tournament the morning of, and I'm like. I'm going to put back in the trusty putters and I go back to those. And, you know, I did the same thing this last Saturday, just at a local C tier. I, you know, had my brand new putters that I've been trying out for the last couple of weeks. And I was like, you know what? I feel like I need my old putters back. So I went back to those, but still trying to work on it. They got a ton of chips and dings in them, but I don't know. It's a, it's a juju thing, I guess, at this point. For sure. <laughs> I pushing out putters my entire career. Just if I, if I'm feeling kind of off a little bit, I just, mm -hmm. Pick some new discs, put them in there, and start throwing them. There you go. Yeah. So we have to know what was your um what was your tip and technique for keeping these mosquitoes at bay? Uh, well, <laughs> as I, nothing really worked. I mean, I, I they're like <laughs> Tristan Tanner and Garrett. They're all using nets, and I didn't like the feel. I didn't want to put that over my head because I felt like it would mess with my uh my putting and my driving. But uh. I use bug dope. I use I, I wore long sleeved shirts and leggings. They didn't do anything. I'm I'm itchy right now. It's terrible. <laughs> oh jeez. But yeah, I think the second day was the worst at Riverside. It was just unbelievable. Like it, just watching the players, watching my uh, competitors play, I could just see clouds of mosquitoes following them, and I just knew they were following me too. So <laughs> mm -hmm. like half the round, it kind of got to me, and I was just yeah. kind of out. But uh, I. I kind of, I kind of became numb to it in the third round. I just wanted to, just wanted to play and have some fun. There you go. 
Man. And obviously you were able to clutch up in those big moments, hitting some big putts and everything like that. Can you kind of give us a little idea of what touring kind of means to you and what like your life, your ideal life of touring is? Are you pursuing disc golf in the fullest manner of like, this is what you want to do? Cause I know there have been times where like you don't travel to every single big event, but we actually we're seeing your name out there more and more. So kind of give us your lifestyle with it. Um, so right now I'm kind of, I'm currently in a Prius and I'm traveling from like Airbnb to Airbnb, which isn't the worst um, experience. It's, qu it's quite enjoyable actually. But I think ultimately I'm, I'm trying to work towards getting into the van life situation like Conrad and Brian mm -hmm. Earhart and all them. Um, that would be the ultimate situation. And I think if I keep on playing like I, I am, I can potentially do that um, financially and uh, mm -hmm. get some support from sponsors. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a unique lifestyle. It's not for everybody. It's a grind the road. Like there's 20 hour drives that you got to take care of. Um, there's a lot of days where you're just kind of like, how many, like, should I practice two rounds? Well, like, what am I going to do if I, <laughs> what am I gonna do for the rest of the day if I only play one practice round? So there's a, there's a lot of scheduling you got to think about. Um, it's kind of, sometimes it's hard to eat healthy. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, no doubt. You're always on the road and like gas stations mm -hmm. are right there and you don't have whole foods or natural grocers or anything. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm definitely trying to get towards the van life. That would be the ultimate goal. Um, some situation where I can bring my dog along would be cool as well. There um, you go. But right now, Prius life is pretty fantastic. I'm enjoying it. Nice. Very cool. Are you home yeah. right That's now? That's actually. Are you, are you home right now? Um, I'm actually, uh, I just, I just finished a round at Toboggan. So I don't know if you can see, but I am a disaster. The <laughs> shirt <laughs> uh, was soaking wet just like an hour yeah. ago. <laughs> but the course is looking fantastic. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm in Michigan right now. I'm in, I think, yeah, Wixom, Michigan, home quarters of Discraft. Okay. It's nice. very cool. Yeah. I did see some changes that they made over at the Toboggan course. They are incredible pretty sweet I, th I think one of the coolest changes was like whole uh is it 14 or 15 oh it made it into that like long par four now it's awesome it's yeah hard. That, that looks pretty sweet and then there was another one you were just saying hole five yeah hole five it's like one of the holes you step up and immediately it's in your dream 18 it's the most incredible Ooh. it's just it's beautiful it's fun it's challenging it's yeah you'd love it <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. I was going to ask, how does it feel coming off of a win like this? I say significant. I, I do. I don't need to classify it fully, but it wasn't, you know, a disc golf pro tour and it wasn't an NT, but it was a, it was a good win. And what we call generally an off week, um, right before a big event like D glow, how does that help fuel you? Do you feel like it does, or does it play uh, tricks with your mind? Oh, I, I'm ready. I am hungrier than ever. I think, uh, after the clash, I uh, kind of falling short there. It definitely made me a lot hungrier to get that win and just get in the windows that I can't, I can compete. And I do belong with these touring professionals because I've been getting top tens and top fifteens, and that's fun and everything. But what we really want is that W. You know, we want we want to show the world. Like I kind of want to show my hometown, my family. Like this is what mm -hmm. I'm doing and why I'm doing it, and I can do it. And so mm -hmm. just proving that to myself and to everyone watching um it's a big deal to me and i'm hungrier than ever and i really want to play well at Devo. let me I can, I can... yeah yeah let me just let me just say because i i know sometimes i come off as being a little callous i was like hey it wasn't a dgpt or nt it's as big of an event as you can get without the disc golf pro tour nt stamp on it yeah. so the the tier of event 
was as classified, if you will. I, I didn't mean to take away. That's a tremendous win. No, you, I, and the strength of the field, the strength yeah. of the field was was significant. It wasn't no names. You beat yeah. you beat out some, I'll say, legends. So good yeah. job there. The previous yeah. the previous winner of that event was at that event, and you beat him by five strokes. So I yeah. mean, definitely had a beyond solid showing out there. Um, you were just talking about how you feel hungrier than ever. And I kind of want to bounce back a few weeks ago. We're obviously going back to the world championships where you did mention that you missed the cut. Can you kind of talk about what, what happened at worlds and then what was your mindset after that? You know, cause then you went and placed third place at the silver series event, the uh, clash of the canyons. So yeah. talk to us about that. Yeah, I was uh, I was crushed after Worlds. Uh, Mulligans had it, it did things to me. <laughs> it was not fun. I took a quadruple bogey on um, a part. I don't think I've ever done that in my entire life. I was just going back and forth from sand trap to sand trap, ah. missing. Um, it just it 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 hurt me. It, it I had to deconstruct what I was doing, and actually I left before the last round. I just I booked it to the next spot and I started practicing immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I just, I want to get out of Utah. I love Utah. I just want to get out of there. I just wanted to move on and uh, try to figure out what was wrong because mm-hmm. nothing was working at worlds. It just, I felt good going into it, but uh, my play and my mental game was just shot after like the second round. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just got, I just got to Illinois as fast as possible and started practicing. And uh, I think it just kind of, well, as I said before, it just made me hungrier, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was kind of sad because I missed the holy shot. I missed James. <laughs> if I paid, yep. I would have exper- been part of that experience because like everyone, like this, all everyone's been talking about for the last <laughs> few. Weeks. Uh, I was actually top of the Rocky Mountains camping at that point um, nice. with some big horn. <laughs> <laughs> so I came down and blew up. My family was like, "You see that? Did you see that?" I'm like, what yeah. Are you talking about? yeah. So for me. Whoa, my voice just cracked. Did you hear that? Woo, for me. It doesn't happen every day. It's been a while, actually. <laughs> I, think, um, I think it's happened to me like every single week since we started the show. So that's all right. You can get made fun of this week. For all right. Me. All right. All right. So what I was going to say for me, the moment that I missed is when um, Kevin Jones threw the ace on hole 16 at Maple Hill. Now, when I say I missed it, I was standing there when he threw and I watched him throw. And when he fell down, I proceeded to watch him on the ground. And I was like, oh, man, like, are you OK? And then people scream. It went in. And I'm like, I was there and I did not see it go in. Like, and my son, I had two, my two of my sons with me. One of my sons goes, Dad, I saw it go in. And I'm like, oh, I'm so happy for you. But man, so I, I feel a little bit of that pain. The shot is obviously very big, too. The holy shot, if you will. Uh, but you know what? You can't expect those things to happen and you have your own professional career to focus on. It's like, can I put it this way? It's kind of like sticking around to watch a buddy of yours get like a promotion at work that you missed out on. (laughs) You're like happy for them, but you're like, I'm, I'm, it's not for me. I'm ready to move on. So. And I was saying with uh, Nate Sexton at the time and he was, he had the chance to win and I had to kind of think about like, do I stay? And I I support Nate all the way, but do Mm -hmm. I stay? go to the course and support him or do I head out and kind of focus on what I needed when I need to focus on, which was me at the mm-hmm. time wreck. Um, and I, I think I made the right choice and 
and they got third, which is fantastic. So. Yeah, ultimately it comes down to your, and we talked about this a little bit last week, but ultimately it comes down to your mental health. And you made the right decision of, you know what, after this event, I got to get out of here. I got to do some camping. I got to hang out on top of the Rocky Mountains, everything like that. And, you know, yeah. good on you for that. It actually seems like it is working out very well. I think, um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. Oh, no, that wasn't me. That was me. I, th I think oh. Chandler was saying, yes, he was agreeing with you. So oh, okay. I met you. Ugh, I'm probably going to get it wrong. Did, did I meet you up at Prince Edward Island? Is that where I met you the first time? Yeah, at the ice cream shop, I believe. All right, good. I'm glad it burned a moment in your mind as well. <laughs> it was definitely the ice cream shop. And I was like, cool, because I had I had got to know Nate over a few weeks when he stayed at my house. And then like he was hanging out up there at Prince Edward Island. And I saw you. Where am I going with this is at that time you were sponsored by a different manufacturer. Um, one thing led to another. You're now sponsored by Discraft. Um, what has that transition been like for you? Has it been a couple years now, or is it was it last year and then COVID was off? Or what was that like, and how's it going for you? Let me tell you off really quick, Chandler, because Matt, that was the exact same question that I was going to ask. I was literally <laughs> going to say, "What's the transition from Latitude 64 been like going uh, to Discraft?" That's that's wild. So, anyways, <laughs> sorry, Chandler. Go ahead. No, uh, this year with Discraft, uh, the second year was COVID year, so it was kind of, I didn't tour, I went home and stayed with family and wanted to be close to them, so um, this is still my third year, but the transition was actually quite easy. I, I started playing disc golf with Discraft discs. My first uh, uh, putter was a Challenger, and my first driver was a Wildcat, and so it kind of felt like I was coming home a little bit. Um, I had to learn a lot, of new, a lot of new plastic, but I throw a lot of overstable discs. So, I mean, give me a force, give me a zone, give me a buzz. And uh, I felt like I was at home. Um, but yeah, honestly, I've switched between Innova Latitude to Discraft. And I truly believe it's the archer, not the arrows. Um, mm -hmm. As long as you know how to throw a Frisbee, you're, you're good to go with any brand, honestly. But Discraft has shown um, that it's a lot more than just the discs, like the support and the, the family atmosphere, like with Bob Julio and West, West, Camp West, West Shinovar, like just being able to talk to those guys whenever I want. If I have any questions, any, any concerns, um, they're, they're ready to help. Um, they've done more for me than any other sponsor I've, I've had in my career yet. And, uh, for that, I'm, I'm grateful. And, uh, that, yeah, but the transition has been easy, very easy. Yeah. Good. So Nick, I'm I'm about to ask another question and I'm reading your mind. Da, 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 da. I'll get yep. it. Okay. All right. Here's the question Nick was going to ask you. <laughs> um, just to give people a, a little inside scoop into you, the person, not necessarily the disc thrower. Do you have any other hobbies? You said you hiked a mountain. What are some other things that you like to do outside of disc golf? I like being outside. That's that's an obvious thing. Um, being a disc golfer and all that. Um, I'm actually, I love playing music. I haven't done it for a while. I've been kind of trying to focus solely on disc golf, but I am a percussionist. I love uh, playing the drums. I went to college for it. Um, if you travel with me in my car, you will, you will hear me drum on the steering wheel the entire time. I'm sure if I'm listening. Nice. Um, what else do I do? Yeah. What else do you do? Rocket League. Rocket League is one of my favorite pastimes when I have when I'm a, just hanging out, nothing else to do. Um, and actually, they're sponsoring GK Pro Skins now, which is probably one of the coolest things ever. Uh, cool. But yeah, going on hikes, walking out, getting outside, uh, hanging out with friends, playing Rocket League and disc golf. That's uh, essentially 
my life. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So yeah. take your life in disc golf, and now let's fast forward to the off season. What is your life like in the off season? How is the weather in your area? Do you work an off season job? What's all that like? Yeah. So it's rainy. <laughs> yeah. Pacific Northwest, uh, we're famous for that in the Seattle area, or the rainy city. Mm -hmm. um, it's not as bad as people think, but it does rain a lot. So um, it's kind of not as fun to play disc golf, but I still get out there almost every day to get out, uh, to practice. But I actually work at PacX Disc Golf in the off season, which is a uh, disc golf shipping and licensing center. So I'm a licensed Washington State clerk in uh, – Washington State, so I can, if you ever need a registration for your car or a title transfer, I'm your guy. Or if you need discs or to ship something from uh, Timbuktu, I got you. <laughs> so <laughs> what I do in the offseason, yeah, PacX Disc Golf, they're fantastic. They're actually helping me on the road. They uh, they support me every month, and uh, I'm grateful to them as well. So if you want to check them out, go to PacXDiscGolf.com, and they got a, good, a, lot, a lot of good discs there. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so I just looked it up because we talked about, you said it may, maybe it's a little overrated how much rain you guys get. And I am actually a little surprised. It seems like July is actually your least rainy month in Seattle, is what it's telling me. The least rainy month yeah. with just about an inch being, I think, your average maybe. Or, or maybe this is what it did rain. But here's where I'm going with this. Up here where I am at Maple Hill, we legitimately have had rain every day of July this month so far. And we have now already beaten the rainiest month ever in for Maple Hill ever. And we're only at the 19th of the month and we've already had 12 inches of rain in July. So fun. Yeah, no, not fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been seeing, I've been seeing pictures of it and it's funny because I, I live in Lynchburg, Virginia now, which I think the year that I moved down here in 2017, originally it rained more days than it didn't that year and so people joke around and call it drenchburg and what's funny is that like my mom has sent me pictures or like i've seen pictures online of what's going down in worcester and uh I, it hasn't rained here for a few days yeah. it's actually kind of nice. nice well i didn't know i love, I love it okay but at the same, same time it can get old if like yeah it can get old <laughs> yeah 100 percent. but like i would much rather play in the rain than the wind. Okay, this is judge that disc golfer. This is judge that disc golfer. You know, what's he going to say? He already said rain. Um, I don't know, man. Rain, snow, or wind. And all of those have to be significant for this question to matter. But if you have rain, snow, or wind, are you picking rain every time, Chandler? That's a tough one. I mean, it, 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 if it's significant, I'd probably pick... Oh, man. I, I'd go wind. Honestly, See, I, I hate significant amounts of wind because everything's just like <laughs> slightly more uncontrollable to where it's like, you know, obviously I'm not the greatest putter in the world, but like sometimes when I'm like, okay, it's a headwind, it's going to lift it and then it drops it or like a tailwind's going to drop it, but then it kind of lifts it. At least when it's raining, I know what's happening. I just got to make sure my feet are good. My hands are dry and you know, let's go from there. You I don't know all the extra things you got to bring along with you. You got extra towels, you got a raincoat, you got an umbrella. I mean, it, it becomes kind of, it, it does, but that's, you know, <laughs> it's like playing in a tournament that's 95 degrees. You bring extra water and it weighs down your bag and you're constantly, you know, making sure that you're hydrated the whole time. I think everything has different elements. Yes. Granted windiness is probably the least amount of stuff that you need to bring around. So I guess in that sense, it's better, but I, I just hate throwing discs in the wind. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun for me. I think 
agree that we both hate windy and rainy conditions. Yes. Okay. 100%. Yeah. I thought, I'd rather play in 95 degree weather, <laughs> blistering hot than any sort of bad conditions weather-wise. Uh, like elements. Okay, Nick, I thought of, you know how we did that bullseye target challenge or whatever we called it, CTP with the rings lighting up? All right. Yeah, yeah. In the winter, we film one of those segments with snow and then we film one while it's raining and then we film one while it's really windy and we see how it plays out for us. And uh, it's, a, it's actually kind of a great idea, Matt. All right. Like so we're going to bring Judge <laughs> That Disc Golfer to the real world and we'll have to. Oh, by the way, yeah, we're, we're going to have to release some more information on that soon. We've got some ideas for Judge That Disc Golfer in the real world. OK, um, Chandler, we're so we're yeah. so glad that you joined us. Um, I root for you often just because of the fact, and I'm sure you have lots of fans that root for you often, uh, but just meeting a, a pro disc golfer out there in the world touring for the most part, unless they're super weird, like super weird and like just mean, I'm probably going to root for you. <laughs> so, but I'll, I'll say you have a fan in me and I'm really glad that you uh, took that event down. Um, you're going to have to find something for those mosquitoes. <laughs> but uh i'm glad you took it down do you have any do you have any uh fundraiser discs coming out this year have you already come out with them what's what's kind of the idea on that yeah so um i'm actually going to the factory tomorrow to hand pick 100 uh channel discs that i'll be selling online um in the next couple weeks so um follow me on social media i'll be i'll be announcing them there i'll have like nukes forces buzzes zones all the common molds that you can find at, at uh from discraft and uh, yeah, they're they're pretty cool. I, I don't have any by me to show you, um, but it's a it's an angrier looking Chanimal stamp. It's a, it's nice. a pretty hairy guy. <laughs> cool. Well, everyone, be on the lookout for Chanimal's discs. They will be coming out hopefully in the near future. Hey, uh, Chandler, do you have like two, three, four, five more minutes left? Yeah. All right. I was we we're gonna cut them loose, but I figure our next topic, as fun as it is, and we were already talking about like which he would rather. I'm just going to involve him in this next topic of conversation that Nick and I were going to take down. And it actually has little to do with disc golf, but it happens on a disc golf course. It's what we snack on just out of curiosity. I, I, each of us can give our input on this, but what's your snack or snacks of choice that you're like, Oh yeah, I really love having that on the course. Jerky. All day. There you go. One yeah, and done. Lately, either obviously double G craft jerky. Or it's like just Jack Link's uh, gas station jerky. <laughs> but if I can get my hands on double G jerky, I'm I'm getting the hot the the garlic lovers or the teriyaki. I haven't tried the new Paul McBeth stuff, but uh, the, the barbecue one's really good. I'll try. Oh, actually, I did try it at Delwood. It's uh, it might have been a little. It was a little bit too sweet for me. I did enjoy it, but I think I think I'm still sticking with the garlic lovers. No, it makes sense. Holy yeah. cow! Like marketing genius somehow. Gary Kurthy, double G, craft jerky has done it. Like, what are we talking yeah. about on our show? Free advertising. We're talking about <laughs> Gary Kurthy jerky. It's just, it comes up, I swear, every single show. So, yeah. and it is a good product. I actually had some today. It's like, I, it's, it is a good product. And um, in it fact, is. speaking of Gary Kurthy, I texted him a couple days ago. I said, hey, I want to get a pellet grill, smoker, whatever. What should I get? sent me a response said this is the one you want so i'm gonna be ordering it uh nice. we'll see i'm gonna to have to get some tips from garrett but so you said jerky no candy no nothing else like that just jerky occasionally trail mix okay uh, but 
tried to stay away from the like I don't I don't like bringing like Skittles or Starburst or anything on the course. I don't think that's really helpful. Um, <laughs> like towards the end of the round, I just crash. But uh, yeah, protein, yeah, a trail mix or jerky. That's that's my go-to. I'm la- nice. I'm laughing because <laughs> I'm like that's what's wrong with my game. Yeah, you're so, over there sitting sour skittles and everything like that. Oh, really? I remember he usually Matt will bring his son out for a round on practice rounds or tournaments and stuff like that. Matt will be carrying the disc golf bag and Hunter's carrying the candy bag. <laughs> oh yeah, Just you mean down the fairway? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, you mean like for like uh, the pro tour events? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember cut my complete my whole upper mouth was completely it was bleeding because i had so many of the sour skittles at once it was just like oh they're addictive they're amazing well but all of a sudden i like took a spit and i was like oh that's that's definitely not skittle that's that's blood and i was like "Eh, whatever (laughs) oh man so i I, so nick what's i mean we're already kind of said what mine are i love sour patch kids out there sour gummy worms i love sour stuff like that's my thing i love it um, but besides that, yeah, like uh, the peanut butter Ritz crackers, those are good out there. I I am a snack guy. Like I load up my back with jerky, Oreo cookies. I mean, like all like anything that's easily snackable. And the best thing I ever saw, I think, was Holly Finley saying you can have bag bacon. She made bacon, put it in like a Ziploc bag, and like carried around in her bag with her. She could have bacon mid round. Is pretty interesting. Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, right. So, Nick, what's your yeah. snack snack of choice? Uh, normally for rounds, I'll bring out like a Cliff Bar. Uh, sometimes I'll bring out like a protein bar if I find a good one at a gas station. I can't justify buying beef jerky unless it's Garrett's. <laughs> honestly, I cannot justify spending like nine dollars or eight dollars on a bag of jerky. I, I just I can't anymore. It's 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 good. Believe me, I love I love beef jerky. But I'd rather just get like a cliff bar. I try not to eat too, too many sweets. I did when I was out in Utah, I actually had a, at the golf shop that they had there, they had these like Skittles. And so I'd have them every so often, <laughs> but, um, I try not to like when I'm at the house, just chilling, I don't really snack on Skittles or anything like that. My guilty pleasure is cereal. If I'm going to snack on something, it's usually, I'll have like two or three bowls of cereal. And I'll do that like not like probably after this podcast when I go back home, I'll probably have like two bowls of frosted flakes. It's just I don't know why. I just I love cereal. I don't know why I'm laughing so much. I'm just over here for I'm just over here laughing because I'm imagining Nick. Because I thought we were talking about like on the course generally, and it kind of oh yeah, well yeah, on the course too. And on I'm the just course, like as far as at home cereal, <laughs> I'm just a jug a, of milk. Yeah. Boxes, oh yeah. Walking down the fairway. <laughs> exactly. Hey, there's no rule against it. I'm definitely bringing you a bowl of frosted hey. flakes out on the course during MVP. Dude, I would eat. I would eat it. Not gonna lie, I love it. Thank you. Oh man, that's a good time. And then for drinking. I mean, generally, I've just I love ice water, and you get those double insulated containers that can hold your ice all day. Is do we all agree? Like, water's your choice, or do you have other things you like? Yeah, water. Um, I'm actually enjoying the orange mango body armors recently, just for just get the extra little boost with electrolytes and a little sugar, I guess sugar rush, which I was talking yeah. about. Yeah, um, those are my those are my go tos right now, and then probably some every once in a while some Gatorade, Arctic nice. Blitz. Gotta get the Arctic splits. There you go. Go to. Now we're getting into specific flavors. He's not. They're all. They're all sneaky good. Like I don't like orange anything or like lemon. Usually, like 
candy and stuff like that. But like every now and then, man, that lemon Gatorade, the orange Gatorade, the blue, the the glacier freeze, or uh, what's that other one? It's like something cherry. I don't know. It's like white cherry or something. I don't know. The, mm-hmm. Now we're getting on a whole different topic here. But. Yeah. All right. I, uh, so I like having Gatorade every so often. I generally don't bring it out for rounds. Uh, mostly I just bring out water, but I always buy, I, I don't know if this is true. It might be, but I feel like every tournament that I've won or done well at, I've always been drinking smart water. And so now whenever I play disc golf, I try to go into a gas station that has like the two for four deal. And if it's a two round event, I'll usually buy four waters or something like that. And uh, I always buy smart water now though. I don't know if it's the best kind of water out there, but usually they have that like two for four deal. And I feel like I've always played well with it. So I just buy smart water. If it works, go with it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So shout out to smart water. Sponsor me, please. (laughs) Yeah. This remind me, Nick, next time we do a segment like this, this is definitely sponsored material. Like we need to get people to sponsor it like Gatorade, Skittles, all these places. So. Exactly. Oh, someone Double commented. Craft jerky. It was glacier cherry. That was the flavor I was looking for. It's really nice. It's it's like a it's a hybrid flavor for sure. Really interesting. So. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't like anything cherry. I'm not I, gonna lie, Matt. You're on your own with this one. Someone said glacier cherry is the best. That that's their comment. I think it said Amy West. Thank you, Amy. So. That person needs to be removed from the chat. <laughs> Tastes like pop syrup. No, thank you. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Exactly. You've had it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It's not my favorite. <laughs> it's not my favorite. It's. Yeah. It's it's good to change it up. All right. Um, I think we've come to the end of this interview. We've talked about a lot of things. I mean, I don't know where it's going next, but I think yeah. Chandler wants to go get a shower in or something. He just had a nice practice round. Um, so we are going to let you go. Any shout outs or anything you want to do before you go, Chandler? Uh, shout out to PackX Disc Golf and uh, Whale Sex and Wander Disc Golf and discraft disc golf and upper park discs uh just uh, upper park bags sorry um those are all my sponsors and shout out to my olympia washington crew i love you guys and i I read all the messages and uh, i appreciate the love and support i got last weekend cool well thank you so much for coming on the show last minute it was definitely a surprise seeing your name come into the (laughs) chat board so really appreciate it and obviously from the nick and matt show we wish you the absolute best of luck at deglo Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys a whole bunch. We'll see you. We'll see you when you come around. Have a good evening. Peace. All right. (laughs) Chandler Fry, everybody. Uh, That was pretty cool. Nick, we were trying to line him up. um, We were. And so luckily you got Dion Arland to come on, who is actually friends with Chandler Fry. They know each other pretty well. And so through me saying I didn't get a text back from Chandler, you know, maybe I'm not as important as the other people but luckily, Dion was able to go in and hook that up for us. So we really appreciate all the people making that work. Yeah, I get a message, Chandler. Uh, sorry. Wow. Yeah, I would have loved to be on the show. And I'm like, you can still come on. <laughs> you still got time. And so we here at the Nick and Matt show. We don't care about time. We don't care about people's sleep schedule. We talk about <laughs> disc golf and we love it. I'm laughing so much tonight. The chat's kind of funny. Amy West, who said Glacier Cherry. She's like Chandler Fry gave me a thumbs down. I'm offended. LOL. <laughs> so we're glad to talk all things disc golf. We really are coming down to the end. I had a lot of other things to talk about. But what I will say is this. We are next week, as I already mentioned in the beginning, we make it to this point next week, the plan and it is scheduled to happen. Matt Kruger of Udisc, one of the original founders, as well as their data scientist. Yes, that is how they refer to him. will be on to discuss 
not maybe stats in the compilation of like the way Stat Mando did it, but more in how are they coming to their ranking system. So be on the lookout for that. I'm- yeah, so I guess kind of one thing on that topic uh, for people to get involved with the show and kind of like with Matt and I personally, I'd love it if everyone would either leave YouTube comments or send us messages either on Twitter or uh, Instagram and just give us who your top five is for MPO and FPO. Give us your own kind of U-Disc rankings because I know eventually Statmando is actually coming out with their your ranking system. So I'm actually curious what who you guys think will be on there, and then we can kind of relay that to Matt Kruger and just kind of see how everything matches up. So hit us up on the Nick and Matt show on Twitter or the Nick and Matt show on Instagram, and uh, we'll go through all the comments and kind of like jot them down. Yeah, and then I also want to shout out, now this is super far in advance. If anyone ever wonders what it takes to line up a celebrity for an interview, besides Ben Askren, who, celebrity, but we were able to nail him down because of the Disc Golf Pro Tour Celebrity Pro-Am event. It made sense. It worked out. We have reached out to a few of the celebs. Uh, we lined up Andrew Zimmern. Um, if you don't know who Andrew Zimmern is, go check him out. He's a chef, food critic, uh, bizarre foods, if you recognize that. I, I love his personality. He loves disc golf. We've lined him up. You ready for this, though? <laughs> you got to wait. For two months, September 27th, yeah. mark it down on your calendars. We have lined up Andrew Zimmern. That should be epic. We had to work. This is the first time, Nick. Well, no, second. We had to work through an assistant. Like, literally, let me hand you off to my assistant who's going to do everything for me. So, yeah. The, the other person, this we, is this is the quiz, Nick. Who was the other person that we had to work with an assistant to get on? Garrett Gerthy. That's right. <laughs> Garrett Gerthy. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I pay attention. But I was going to say, Matt, we had our assistants talk to his assistants. So, you know, <laughs> we had our people talk to his people and we're setting it all up. So don't don't worry about it. We got you guys. September 27th. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just bringing it up. We work here to try to create cool things that happen in interviews. And I, I always feel like it sounds like we're complaining, but it's more I'm just interested in sharing how it works over here. It, it's, it takes work to get people lined up, and we're excited to do it. Um, always leave with us who you think would be a cool guest. We definitely peruse that, mm-hmm. and we try to make it happen. Um, thank you for all the love that we've been getting in messages. I, I, I want to give a heartfelt... Um, I'm trying to see here. I don't want to say names, because some of this is private and personal, I'm sure. We received messages this past week after talking about anxiety breakdowns um with Kona I talked about my own personal struggles and we received messages from people saying that I'll use some of the words here um you guys are the best and I'm glad you guys are here to help those who need it and you too are truly an inspiration and your show helps me through stress and anxiety so from the bottom of my heart thank you um it blows my mind and it actually caused me to step back this week and I actually had a conversation with my wife mm-hmm. I was like I listen to podcasts like I don't know if you do Nick do you listen to any podcasts regularly at all not regularly here and there though um, talk shows I'm a music person yeah I'll, no, I'll listen okay. to clips and stuff like that okay so you'll find something that relates for you but I listen to podcasts yes. And I generally feel like 
I get to know the people that I'm listening to. And it's probably weird because they have zero idea who I am. Like they, they're not like, oh my goodness, you know, Matt Graham's listening to me talk. But yeah. to me, the listener, I'm able to engage with them in somewhat of a meaningful way. I feel like I'm a part of their conversation. And I don't think I ever stopped <laughs> as crazy as it may seem, Nick. You and I, people that are listening right now, I always say driving around in their cars or working out or working. Mm -hmm. like, And I mean this in no weird or offensive way. Like They feel like they're getting to know us because they sit down and they listen to us every week. So how do we say hello and thank you to those people right now in this moment <laughs> who are listening? Is like, I'll say it and I'll give it over to Nick. Yeah. Sincerely, we appreciate you, the person that's listening to this right now. If I knew your name, I know some of your names, <laughs> but we do. We seriously appreciate you. And in person one day, if you see me, because you're going to know who I am and I apologize, I'm probably not going to know who you are. I will ask for your name and I'll tell you thank you. It means the world that people say that we're doing something meaningful for them. Um, yeah. And your messages are tremendous. Nick, I don't know if you have a message for these people, but they love you too. <laughs> hey, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, I, a ton of people when I was out in Utah for the world championships just said, you know, how much they appreciate what our show is doing for people and just the content that we're putting out there and that they love the show just in general. And that was a very, very cool feeling. It definitely put a smile on my face before every round and after every single round. It's just that, you know, hey, good luck. We love your show and everything like that. So it truly, truly does mean a lot to Matt and I. Yeah, so I do appreciate it. And we do have regulars. And I say I don't know their names. I don't know everybody's names. We have regulars. And like, so I'm just looking on the chat board right now. And at, Stacey Ronsley, by the way, has become a regular. I cannot wait for her to come up to MVP. I hope she got in. Nice. Um, but the, but the regular yep. regulars that I see right now on my immediate list, Daniel, Doc Zen, Todd, mm -hmm. Kent Chapman. Um, I'm just reading down. I don't want to miss anybody. Daddy Disc Golf, Cody Enervald. Um, there's a whole list of other people in here, of course. But those are like, mm -hmm. I'm seeing in my list, there's regulars. We do appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Nick, we've made it to the end of our show. And mm -hmm. I always pass it over to you. Um, so I'm going to do the same. Episode number 52 is wrapping up. Episode 52, we really, really, really appreciate everyone tuning in today. Don't forget, if you go into Manscaped, use code Nick and Matt for 20% off of your order. Free shipping worldwide as well. Um, tell someone you love them this week. We really, really, really appreciate you guys tuning in. Leave some comments, likes, subscribe, everything like that on the YouTube channel. Tell someone you love them this week. We'll catch you in the next one. That's right. Nick, you're awesome. The Nick and Matt Show. A disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt show on your favorite podcast platforms or stream us live exclusively on the Foundation Podcast YouTube channel.